Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Rich Evan alongside Clinton. Robinson Senior here for our Game of the Week, as we are coming to you live from Danny Jones down here in North Charleston, a uh, very familiar place that has a very interesting uh, talented pool that has come out of here. You see kids all around on a Friday night. Could be over at Fort Dorchester. Could be over at First Baptist. Somerville could be hosting some of these young athletes that have come through this exact same field. But tonight, it's all about... Of course, Somerville, the young team, the 12U guys are going to come out here and try to ball out against the West Ashley Kings, another 12U team here tonight. I'm going to go ahead and bring in a man that uh, called the game with us last night. Of course, we were over at the Fort, where Fort Dorchester was, uh, well, I would say victorious in multiple ways uh, last night. Uh, Clinton, what was your thoughts after uh, four quarters of football on a Friday night at homecoming? Uh, Well, most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, hope you're all tuning in. Definitely a lopsided game, Rich. Um, it, it, it really games like that are kind of hard to cover. I'm sure you know, and or what questions do you ask when it's only going one way? Um, when your plan A works and no need to look at the rest of the alphabet, hey, you pick a plan A. That's exactly what Fort Dorchester did last night. Yeah, it was an interesting matchup. If you're a, of course, a Patriot, it was homecoming, so they got a chance to have some familiarity with. Getting a, a, I guess, a crown and a queen. Had a couple of the uh, the freshmen, the sophomore and the juniors recognized. The band was in the stadium. That was the first time we saw a band in a high school stadium all season long. The student section was set up. I thought last night it looked almost as familiar as we've seen on Friday nights in a long time, man. I mean, you were down on the field. What was kind of the perception as you guys looked back at us up in the uh, press box? Every opportunity that they possibly can, and for that to be all defense within quarter, it was hard for offense to get out there. And then when it was time for offense to get out there, they only got out there for a couple of series. And before you know it, uh, Coach Pratt was going ahead and pulling in string and even a couple of third string, uh, rookies in there to do what they had to do. So slight. They were cheering 
Kind of hard to hear Clinton right now. We're going to see if we can get his microphone fixed up. For some reason, there seems to be a, a break in between uh, his uh, receiver there. So kind of give you a couple of scores from last night. And I tell you, it was um, victorious for Fort. They come out winning big 70 to nothing, sets themselves up for next weekend as they'll hit the road, head to West Ashley. And, and again, for West Ashley, they cannot afford another loss. That would, I would believe, put them out of contention for the playoffs with this new system that they're putting in right now, of course, where it's only taking the first two, uh, taking the top two out of each region. And uh, as, as you kind of put that in perspective right now, Somerville beating West Ashley last night by three points, and it came down to a field goal scoreless through almost the entire game until the very end where the field goal kicker from the Green Wave were able to give uh, a, a big win and a big push for the Green Wave now as they'll kind of wait and see. Uh, they'll play at Fort Dorchester in two weeks. Next week, they travel over to Ashley Ridge. That's a regional uh, game for the uh, Green Wave and for the, uh, of course, uh, Swamp Foxes. But the Swamp Foxes, while they're out of it, boy, would they not like to Clinton have the opportunity to uh, ruin the Green Wave's chances of making the playoffs. Yeah, most definitely. You know, there's always that chance. Any given day, you never can really tell. But uh, back to what I was saying earlier, the sidelines, were actually, it was actually refreshing to know that the replacements came in there, did what they had to do, and the starters were right there backing them up 100% on everything that they were doing. So it was kind of fun on the sidelines, and uh, they let those guys get in there, and they supported them 110%. Yeah, got a lot of extra play out of a lot of the guys going back to the game of the week uh, that we were at last night was, of course, the Fort Dorchester Patriots taking on stall. The other game of the week that we had some coverage at was uh, Oceanside. Oceanside playing transfers, moves over from Timberland, comes into uh, a, a very, op- I'd say, a pretty good opportunity over at Hanahan. But he's got to build that, that, I would say, culture over there. That's a different place than he's used to. A Timberland athletes are different over there. Um, of course, he did well, scored 7 nothing to start the game as we thought maybe this was what was going to happen. And then Joe Call and the defense over there for the uh, Land Sharks started really kind of rolling a little bit, and Joe Call picks up a nice win. Now that puts them in contention to host games throughout the playoffs. In that region, they are slated to keep it right there in the backyard. And for Oceanside, brand-new team in the 3A they are very familiar with Art Craig because in two-way they played against him at Timberland. But, you know, when you get a game like that, you know, Clinton, you kind of look around and, and you say to yourself, okay, every game going forward, starting last week, is a playoff game in the uh, public school system. Oh, yeah, you most definitely have to take every game uh, within, especially this season and within this year, uh, you definitely have to take every game like almost like it's the last or it's a playoff game, being in the region game or not. You still have to play 110% and get in there and do your due diligence. I really would not take any Friday night lightly nowadays because these guys are going to get in there and just try to bump you out of any chance of going to the playoffs on this short season. A couple of the other games, of course, uh, looking here at the list that came out last night, Hoos Creek, the Gators roll all over Cane Bay. That was a 34-6 to win there. Now, what does that mean after, of course, Berkeley won on Thursday night? They uh, played their game a day ahead against Ashley Ridge and won that one. That was an out-of-region game, but it still puts uh, Berkeley at 2-1. and one. Now, Goose Creek t- holds the tiebreaker because they beat them a couple Mondays ago, and uh, both teams sitting there at 2-1. and one. The, the team that I'm kind of watching is uh, Stratford, you know, where they lose to Kane Bay, but they beat Somerville. Then last night, they beat Wanto. 
And for them to beat Wando and Coach Denny to do that, that to me shows a lot of poise and it shows a lot of optimism because while we know, we feel that Berkeley and Goose Creek out of that 7-5A region pretty much are one and two, Stratford hanging on a little bit. And I know you know a lot of those guys over there as well. Yeah, a lot of those guys over there come from pretty much the same area, the little Tom Conley area. Um, and they probably couldn't wait to become nice. Believe it or not, those guys have actually came up together for a long time. Just like with Kane Bay, um, a lot of those guys came up together. But for some reason, Strapper's been sitting there putting on all gas, almost no brakes, and been doing what they have to do on the field. I know with the new, uh, the new coach and everybody over there with the new system, should be pretty interesting, but I don't know. Don't leave Stratford out. They, they pulled one off last night. So, hey, any, any given Friday. So we kind of set it up in Region 7-5A. That's Berkeley, Goose Creek, Stratford, all of them sitting at 2-1 and one inside the region. Outside the region doesn't really matter. Even though we play these games and there's some bragging rights around the towns, that's great. But when it comes down to playoffs, it's not even going to matter because they're only taking the top two. Kane Bay and Wando both sitting at 1-2. and two. They're out. Looking in, of course, they will probably not have that chance to play in the 2020, I would say, uh, road to the championship uh, playoff system. Back to Region 8-5A, Fort Dorchester, as we mentioned. They're 3-0, and sitting there uh, very comfortable, uh, very comfortable indeed. But they're only 2-0 and in the region. Somerville, Somerville sitting there right now at 2-1. and uh, That is uh, 2-0, and by the way, in the region. 0-1 outside the region as Stratford beat them in the opening Friday night. They played that midnight game, of course, uh, when everybody else waited and delayed theirs. They decided to play it. But, uh, again, they find a way to beat West Ashley last night and put themselves in a pretty good position as it is Fort Dorchester, Somerville, West Ashley. Ashley Ridge and Stahl, both of them are outside looking in. They're both 0-3 in the region pretty much. They will play the remainder of their games, only four games left, and that will be their season. Down in the lower part of the low country, that is down in Buford, Hilton Head area. You had Region 7, 5A. They did have a matchup on James Island, Collinson County. And James Island went head-to-head. Of course, the guy that we've had on this show multiple times is Coach McCoy. Finds a way to win. And to me, you know, when you see guys like that, I thought it was pretty exciting. Of course, the new James Island coach, Jamar McCoy got his first victory with that Islanders win 28-13 over Collinson County. Now Collinson County pounds down to 1-1. One one. Uh, you start to kind of look at things over there and, and kind of talk a little bit about these coaches. And, you know, we've had 23 coaches changed in 2019. That's probably one of the biggest turnarounds that we've seen. But for a guy that's building a culture on James Island, he's already got to go against some of the other low country teams. But he also has to face the fact of kids that are going to go to First Baptist because the winning over there, not only did they win huge last night, which we'll talk about in a minute, they also, you know, they, they've got a little of that tradition and they've got a heck of a foundation already. Yeah, most definitely. First Baptist is actually becoming um, somewhat of a household name. I know it is in the youth division becoming a name that's going around to being an option. So uh, last night I heard, and I know you probably know more about it, but First Baptist upset a team that hasn't lost in quite a long time. So right. with all the fresh talent and everything that First Baptist has, I could say I was surprised, but I know a few of those guys, and I'm not surprised that they did what they had to do. Now, rumor has it that Davion Brown, who is their freshman star running back, has a sprained ankle. We'll see how bad that sprained ankle will affect him moving forward on during the season. 
But right now, first bat is sitting pretty good. Yeah, first bat is sitting pretty good indeed as they're 6-0. Their next game that they'll see will be Pinewood. Um, not to say Pinewood doesn't have a good program, but Johnny Waters and his coaching staff do an incredible job preparing them for uh, what's coming up. And, again, beating Hammond is a team that not many can say they've done, uh, not only in this area, but around the state of South Carolina. And, of course, it was a very, very big win for First Baptist last night. They won 7-6. to six. And, I mean, one point means all the difference in the world, as you know, as well as I do. Other scores around the area, Bishop England 21, Battery Creek 7. We already mentioned a couple of these other scores here, but we'll go back down all the way to Timberland and Lake Marion. 32 to 6. Lake Marion falls down to Timberland. Trinity Burns 21. Porter Gal 14. Well Branch, another team down there in the lower part of the Low Country, finds a way to win against a team, Baptist Hill. Now Baptist Hill upset Cross just a week ago. This time maybe that luck ran out just a little bit short there as well. Branch, a team down in the lower part of the Low Country, picks up a really big win. And again, as we start to kind of look at these playoffs and we start to kind of put everything in perspective. And we keep talking about it on all of our shows is how every game, honestly, is going to be a playoff game going forward. So when you kind of put things in perspective, we go down to that one region we just talked about. That is that region 7-5A in the lower part of the low country. That's Beaufort leading the way at 2-0. Hilton Head, a 1-0 record. They got a late start with the COVID regulations there. May River, a team that we talk a lot about on the show, is 2-1. Colleton County with their loss falls to 1-1. James Island moves to one and two, and Bluffton still zero and three. Region eight three A. We talked about Oceanside and Hanahan. That was a big time matchup last night over there uh, at the Citadel Ball Field over there. Of course, um, all Oceanside control of the situation. They win big to improve to three and zero. Hanahan and Bishop England will be playing, I believe, next weekend, and that will be not only for some bragging rights, but it's also going to be for possibility of playing at the next round and getting into the playoffs because they have the same record at two and one battery Creek at one and two, they'll be playing Oceanside next week, academic magnet and North Charleston. Oh, and two looking for their first win over in region region six. A that's the two a Timberland. As we mentioned, they are now two and oh with the win over last night. Woodland after getting a tough one dealt with them two weeks ago when they went to Abbeville and faced with a team that honestly people think can play in 4A football on a regular basis. Uh, they bounced back and beat a team out of Phillips Simmons, who at the time was 2-0. and And uh, now they are all looking at 2-0 and in the face as Woodland and Phillips Simmons tied for 2-1. and Burt and Lake Marion at 0-2, and, and Lake Marion is sitting there at 0-3. You know, when you start to look at this stuff, though, and even, you know, you and I have a chance to hang out on Friday nights. We see a lot of these things. We have guys covering multiple games. But the other game that I had an eye on because of who we cover on Friday nights was uh, a game that Sumter, which we had scrimmaged them, if you're a Fort Dorchester Patriot, and uh, Carolina Force, which is uh, Brandon Biscobing, the guy that does our morning shows here on the network. Uh, he is the voice of uh, Carolina Force. But Carolina Force was up by 14 going into blue an entire lead as they lost that one. I think it was an overtime fashion. Um, and, and that's why you, you can't really – you can't afford to kind of take a play off there. No, no. Definitely don't take a play off. 
you know, football is one of those games that it does not take long. Not like basketball, not like baseball with the one point, the two points, and sometimes even the three points that come at you. you you got to play football all four quarters to those zeros. From the youth level all the way up to the pros, you play all four quarters like it's zero-zero, no matter what the score says. When you start to sit back, you relax, you want to put on cruise control because you're up by only two touchdowns or more, then that's when it usually comes back and it bites you in the tail. Uh, like I tell all the guys, I tell these young kids, play with the heart, play with all four quarters, and play two zeros at the end of the game. And then that's where you can look up and look at the score, and hopefully your numbers are bigger than the net. Yeah, we'll have uh, some conversation about that. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the college football as we are getting ready for kickoff here. Our game of the week is two 12U teams, one out of West Ashley. The Kings will be hosting the James Island Trojans here tonight. It's going to be a big matchup. It's happening in about six minutes after the 10U guys uh, get off the field. Earlier today, it was the 8U Kings picking up a big win against Somerville. As of we go right now, it is all Somerville. 22-8 to eight over Green Waves. Excuse me, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live right here on Danny Jones. Girl, the way you moving, got me on a train. These ain't got me up. They look just so damn. I'm a Welcome back. I'm Rich Elman alongside Mr. Clinton Robinson Sr. We're coming to you for our game of the week as we are here at Danny Jones. It's the 12U Somerville Green Wave being hosted by the 12U West Ashley Kings. Coming in here in about five minutes. Five minutes they'll be, of course, getting after it. And uh, we started to kind of put everything in perspective here. Uh, the Kings 8U, by the way, uh, won in the earlier game today. And currently right now we have the 10U. We have the uh, 10U, 10U guys uh, right now an 8-22. to 22. And then right now it is all Somerville in this batch up here earlier. What are you seeing out of today's games? I know you were here a little bit earlier, uh, Clinton. Tell us a little bit of how the day has gone here as we've had kind of a uh, six-headed matchup as uh, we're getting ready to come up to our final one here in about five minutes. Yeah, that's right. So earlier today, starting around 10 o'clock this morning, we had the Ladson Squires make their way down over here to Danny Jones. Uh, the 8U uh, played against the NC Raiders. 10U, they actually do not have one. 
So it only ended up being Lassen Squires, 8U and 12U, coming over to Danny Jones and NC Raiders taking the, both of those games. And then the 10U Raiders hosted the West Columbia Tigers, number one against number three. That's exactly what it was, number one against number three. And what ended up happening was West Columbia came all the way down 26 to go ahead and take that win 24 to 22, and that was one heck of a game, Richie. I tell you what. But now, moving forward, like you said, Somerville comes in, uh, comes down the street, around the corner over here to North Charleston, Danny Jones, and West Ashley more than welcomes them in. Uh, the AU comes in and just takes that whole game lopsided and uh, takes all on that. And right now, it's looking like Somerville's getting a little payback with 22 to 8 over the West Ashley Kings with about four minutes and 15 seconds left here in the fourth quarter. Yeah, definitely right now it's going all the green way, 12 years way with a 22-8 lead. Fourth quarter, 407 remaining, and you hear the cheerleaders in the background. Of course, on the other side, Somerville, they've got their cheerleaders. The fans are in the stands, and it is, uh, without doubt, it is a wonderful afternoon here in North Charleston. This is, I think, third visit over here, and always – hospitality at the top of the list here. Got the concession stand wide open. Tents are set up here. It's been a fun-filled day, and if you get a chance to come out and support this youth program, we highly encourage it because, uh, again, what these guys are doing is building up that talent for those Friday night lights. Let's talk about some Saturday showdowns real quick. Of course, all of our friends over here at Southern Sports Central and the network, uh, proud to watch Saturday football right here on Southern Sports Central. You got Tennessee and Georgia right now and it is all Georgia. It was at one point a Tennessee state of mind, but Georgia says not so fast as they are hosting Tennessee. It is number three, Georgia, number 14, Tennessee. It's all Georgia with 13.53 in the fourth quarter, 30-21. to 21. Then you look at BYU. They're the 15th team in the country going against University of Texas, San Antonio. It is in the fourth quarter, 21-13, BYU. Number 24, Iowa State, 31 to seven over Texas Tech in the fourth quarter. Another big game inside the SEC, this time in the western side. It is all Auburn with about three minutes and 27 seconds. They have the ball. They are 13th ranked in the country, up 20 to 18. couple finals from earlier today. Number four, Florida is knocked down and drug out by Texas A&M. Number 21 in the country as they lose 41-38. Florida at one point had a pretty substantial lead, blew it throughout the game. North Carolina, watch out for the Tar Heels and Mac Brown. They're dancing in the locker room today after winning 56-45, the number eight team in the country, really looking to hopefully put things together as the number 19th team in the country. Virginia Tech drops another one. Here comes Missouri. Yep, 45-41. They travel to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to knock out the Tigers, 17th ranked in the country. Pretty sure they're going to be falling out of the top 25 after this. Now, this one was a Red River shootout like nobody's business. It was all Oklahoma until the very end of the fourth quarter. Here comes Texas, ties it up, goes into overtime, and with four overtimes, Oklahoma wins the Red River rivalry 53-45 here, of course, just moments ago. That one was a big game. Some of their big nights uh, action is going to be well, everybody's got that Clemson game on your mind as they are going to be playing number seven, Miami. 7.30 kickoff over on ABC, two undefeated teams inside the ACC. Alabama Ole Miss, the storyline there continues. As you will see, of course, Lane Kiffin, who coached with and is very familiar with Alabama, 
That game will kick off also at 7.30. That's an ESPN game. Number two, Alabama. Can they be what they need to be as they are in hotty-totty country over in Mississippi? The other game, Florida State, 1-2. and two. Notre Dame, fifth ranked in the country at 2-0. and oh. That's another 7.30 game that I can't wait to see because I keep telling guys that are Clemson fans, there's always games on every schedule that I go through on some of the top-notch programs. Clemson, it was Notre Dame about four years ago when they played in that mud bowl. And I made it very clear during that game, if Clemson stood up and did what needed to be done, that they would be a team to reckon with. They did just that. Then, of course, in Tampa, they won a national title. The rest is history. Tonight, kind of a similar role for me, Clinton. This is a team that I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do. If they handle business, is Miami back? Or are they not back? I know there's a lot of you fans that are starting to resurge again after being MIA for about 10, 15 years. But do you honestly think, and you follow college football as well, do you honestly think that Miami can go into Death Valley on a Saturday night? Fans are going to be in the stands. And I would imagine there will be a band or two, maybe, hopefully, like we heard last night, maybe up at the game as well. Yeah, I'm here, Rich. All right, uh airplane, you know, we're in Charleston, so that airplane getting ready to come over, thought it gave out too much noise. No, I actually wouldn't. Those fans are coming out of the woodwork, uh, left and right. My head is definitely doing their thing down there. And it's kind of awesome to see it, because back in my days, that was one of those teams that you always look for to, uh, you know, match up and try to change your strength again, so it's kind of good to see Miami try to do their thing back. Clemson, uh, you're right. It's one of those things. They, they, they step up and they do what they have to do, and they'll always be a dominating team. Their recruiting is off the chain. Their coaching is phenomenal, and I think their players can just do what they want to do when they want to do it. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now, you start looking at some of the other games. Again, Alabama is a team that we're going to be kind of keeping our eye on because this could be another year where you see Alabama, Clemson, in the national title course, Miami fans like to think differently. Notre Dame fans like to think differently. Georgia fans like to think differently. But for me, you know, this is kind of like if you're a wrestling fan, you're familiar with the Royal Rumble. That's kind of what this season is. It started off as the ACC. Here comes the SEC. Well, the Big 12 was also part of that conversation. And then now you'll see the Big 10 and the Pac-12 or 15 or 16, whatever they're going to be this year, will then follow up at the end of this thing. My thing is, though, how do they – realistically allow a team like the Pac-12 to find a way into the playoff conversation. And you know and I know that the Big Ten saw all the opportunity that this is Ohio State's best season, best, I would say, opportunity season because of the talent that they have at fields. They've got players all over the field. And they miss out this one. This could be that golden opportunity to get the Big Ten a, a national championship game. And I talked to a Michigan fan who's a little salty because he feels like Michigan has a harder schedule the Ohio State Buckeyes, who don't have to play anybody on that other side of the bracket like some of the other teams does. My thing is, I think, I feel that unlike the SEC, the Big Ten did exactly what they knew they were going to do, wait until the end. That's why they only had to play a few games on the other side of that bracket, unlike the SEC, where they played a very heavy, heavy roster full of other teams from both sides. I'm going to go Yeah. Uh, sorry, Rick. Listen there at uh private session real quick. I put on that. 
All right, so we'll give Clinton just a few minutes here and uh, let him kind of – I know he's got a couple of double-duty duties here as he's got his uh, tie and ice here tonight. Getting ready here in about a minute and 20 seconds to kick off our game of the week. That's going to be the 12U hosting team of West Ashley. The Kings come in here and play against the 12U Somerville Green Wave. Our pregame here, of course, uh, to get you ready for all the fireworks that are going to be happening here in just moments as uh, we've been very blessed by – the uh, great guys and girls here at Danny Jones, a facility that has hosted multiple talented, incredible young athletes. Some of those that you would see on a Friday nights, not just in North Charleston. They could be at First Baptist. They could be over at Fort Dorchester, North Charleston. There's multiple places that uh, these young men will be debuting their talents as they take it from the 8U all the way to the 18. And, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot of times on multiple shows that we do here. We talk about it on the TV broadcast. For me and Jay Williams, I want to thank him for this opportunity to broadcast these young athletes and get them some exposure. Let them come back tomorrow and listen to their their numbers called. If there's a fumble on the ground, Somerville's going to pick it up, and that probably will run the rest of it. It is all Somerville here in the 10U, 30-8, fourth period, and 53 seconds left on that clock. But Jay Williams, to all the commissioners, all those coaches, all those who have some decision control, for these guys to be able to do what they're being able to do here, to be that program, the, the, what we like to call the feeder program into the high schools. You know, you, you speak highly about a lot of coaches, and you start off over there, of course, with Shane Fiddler and, of course, Ashley Ridge. We've seen him out there. We've seen Coach, uh, uh, well, Steve LaPratt, you know, he's made his way out to make sure that his young Patriots are doing what they need to do. That is the best advice I can give any high school coach. If you have a feeder program within your system, you need to be out and about. There's a quick touchdown pass over the backside and touchdown. Look at that. That's what you talk about putting a nail in the coffin, and they did just that. Man, Clinton, did you see? I was right in front of you, bud. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. We don't know what to call it. Again, like we always say, you play to the end, but 30 seconds left. Now they're up 36 to 8. You throw the pass. I get it, but there's, there's one thing I learned last night to go ahead and win with class. Um, you know, you take the knee, you don't get anybody hurt because God forbid on those 30 seconds that somebody gets hurt. But hey, listen, it's you football. And those feet are pretty damn actually coming out of here to show out, like you said. Um, Wes Ashton, Summerville, Kane Bay, Woodland. Oh, they're always out here to prove something. And they want to prove that they can wear those jerseys again and again and again going up through the ranks. And what better way to start off here the SCYFA, the SEC division, start off with Somerville. Hey, look, they just took the win 36 to 8. No better way to start off than that. No, you're exactly right. I mean, when you get it out here and you're seeing this game is now wrapping up and you're start to see the 12 of you guys getting ready to make their debut or make their way to the field. Somerville behind their big-time banner. Their cheerleaders are uh, made the tunnel. And here come, of course, in a few minutes, you'll see the wave as they'll run through their banner to uh, get things ready. You see the coaches hyping them up, getting them ready to go. And uh, you're down on the other end where I'm going to imagine any moment you'll see that West Ashley uh, Kings as they'll start to kind of come in and do their things here tonight. So it should be a um, – yeah, fun, a fun-filled uh, night here, and uh, the smoke starts to get up and moving as Somerville's going to be running through their tunnel over by the scoreboard. And coming out of the other end zone uh, where you were hanging out, Clinton's going to be, of course, the Kings. Yeah, the Kings, a brand-new organization uh, just coming out. They actually made their debut with us 
um, via Voice Sports and Southern Sports Central last week, along with another team out of West Columbia. Um, it was very nice. It was kind of refreshing to see some new faces, the new kids, and actually they brought the whole kitchen sink with them. They had the cheerleaders. They had the cheer moms. They had the team moms. They had the uniforms. Everything is going. And when you come swagged out like that, you come with a crowd right off the right off the rip into a, from a brand new program. It's kind of refreshing to see. You kind of have hope. You kind of have uh, well thoughts and prayers that this team is going to be somewhat successful. And right already from the first game that them taking over, the second game that them taking over. Well, hey, I guess we can say this club you is definitely going to be the tiebreaker for the night. Yeah, no doubt about that. We're a few minutes away as here comes both Somerville on one end zone and on the other side, you're going to see the West Ashley Kings come in here. And this is going to be a matchup that's going to determine who's uh, going to walk out, I guess, with their shoulders a little higher than the other one here tonight. Going to be a big time matchup here. Again, I want to thank uh, the commissioner, Jay Williams, for the uh, opportunity here tonight to uh, do some big things here and uh, play a game and play a, a season, if you will, that, uh, you know, again, I guess uh, you would know a little more than me on the scheduling part of this one here, Clinton, but uh, got to have only a few more games left before we get to the playoffs. And tell us, uh, are you familiar with the way the playoffs work in this system? Well, this year it should be somewhat interesting. It's almost somewhat like the uh, high school is doing. So these games are going to go by so fast. It should be interesting. No, I do not know how it's going to go this year. We'll definitely get with Jay Williams. And that could be a question that we post on the lab tomorrow. Uh, and discuss and see how it will actually go. You think it's top four teams? How are you doing it? Um, where What's going to be the home field advantage the whole nine? Because a lot of teams came into the SYFA, even into the SEC division, it should be interesting to see how all that stuff plays out. Well, it should be a lot of fun to find out kind of how some of this works. Don't forget tomorrow night in the lab, you'll catch the man right there, the professor. Of course, he has voice sports. will be doing their thing tomorrow night from 6 to 9. You want to reach out, call in, and hang out with them. The number to call in is 323 324-9681. Again, call in, check in, and make sure you weigh yourself in at 1-323-784-9681. It's his rules, his show, and he does it his way. So come on in and hang out with the professor tomorrow night as they will be sitting there, of course, going through all the ins and outs with uh, the scores from today, not just here in the low country, but around the state of South Carolina. Of course, this is a a league that is – Yes, down in Charleston, where we're doing our thing down here in this Dorchester, Berkeley, and Charleston County area. But there's also some action up in Columbia. There's a lot of games going on in the upstate. And I believe, I believe, and we need to get Jay some confirmation here, but I believe that you're going to be catching up with uh, some playoff action and how do they do it? How does it work itself out? That's going to be the the big headline, the big storyline. And, of course, we'll find out more about that. Uh, later, maybe tomorrow or into the week, and we'll get back to you as uh, we'll find out where we're actually heading next week. Some of it is kind of a uh, last-minute moving some things around. You know, there is uh, a lot of things that are happening, so we'll wait tomorrow, and um, maybe on the show, Clint, you can kind of debut our destination for next week. Yeah, most definitely, Rich. We can definitely put out the uh, next week game of the week, but hey, I'd like to take a moment 
to take uh, to recognize Miss Flynn here, who came in to visit, surprisingly visit from the military. Tell everybody what, what branch you're in. Air Force. All right, we're in the Air Force. Okay, Miss Flynn came in to surprise family members, right? The brother, nephews. You know how when you grow up together, everybody becomes one, and hey, you've probably been over ate so much of my food, and now you're probably my brother. You might be my cousin, but we're still close. But we might share some things. We definitely not share my food with. But, hey, listen, it's great to see. I saw it over here earlier. Gave me skills. We always like to recognize our military and for the people who go out there do some of the things that we cannot or just won't. Hey, that's your choice. We always like to recognize people. And I want to go ahead and recognize Miss Flinton coming on in here, showing us a prize, and giving these guys one heck of a surprise. What do you think about them coming on? You were happy, you were excited, and you were about to play. Were you about to play in this game? Like this game, you lay off, right? But it should have gave you more pumped up to do what you had to do. All right? Awesome, awesome. Hey, Rich, thanks for taking the time out. We appreciate it. I know the kickoff's about to start. But once again, thank Miss Flint from the Air Force. We appreciate you for everything that you do. And back to you. And, hey, let's get some football going. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to take a moment to thank all of our men and women for serving our country, protecting us so we can do what we do here, whether play the game, watch the game, or like Clinton and myself, call the game here. As nine minutes are on the board. It's the first quarter. It will be West Ashley kicking it off to Somerville. Somerville sporting those green helmets with the wave on the side of it. Of course, the black pants and the pink socks who recognize uh, cancer. And then on the other side, it's black pants, white shirt, and the numbers uh, – a little bit tougher to read, not as easy as uh, Somerville has the whites, and it's going to be the West Ashley guys uh, with a couple of different schemes here, yellow and black. So we'll try to keep you up to date with who's running the ball, which way they're going. But good luck So we'll uh, kind of see what we have going on here. And here's the kick, and we're underway here on the game of the week. Somerville is going to pick up the ball. They'll hit the 40. 45-50, still on his feet, pushed out of bounds, and a great run there by number 18 for the Green Wave, looking for the spot on the ball here. Looks like they're going to put this somewhere around the 44-yard line. A big run there, and he's a big-sized kid. This is 12U, so this actually, if you look at it logistically, this is the group of guys who this time next year, easily Clinton, could be playing on the B teams over there at their local schools on Thursday night. Don't count that. Yeah, hey, listen. Oh, we're going to bring it back then. I know he's trying to handle a couple of different things here. Yeah, but Clinton, we're going to go back to the game here with 8.54 remaining. Here's the snap, the handoff to 18. He's going to the far side of the field across the 40 to the 35. He's got a lot of room here, and he looks like he's got the 10, and he finally knocked out of him. On the nine-yard line here. So we start to kind of put things in perspective. And uh, another first down, they'll move the chains and get things uh, moving with 840. As the clock is going to wind back up and get it going here in the first quarter. Moving the ball at will here. The green wave after uh, getting beat in game one. Now they're going to step up and win game two. Game three is going to be a big decision here as the offense breaks the huddle. Spot the ball somewhere around the nine-yard line. One receiver on each side. A running back stands to the right side. They're going to fake it to him. It's the quarterback keeper. The number eight is backing up into the end zone. We'll see if they give it to him, looking for a sign. And they're going to say he's just a bit short there, Clinton. Yeah, most definitely, Rich. You know, they're always trying to uh, just get the old run and gun. Looks like a little bit of laundry on the field. We're going to find out what that call is right there. 
I believe it's going against Somerville. So that will be driving them back. All that work, man, oh, man, I can't tell you how I hate them. All that work down the field to just back them on up. That brings them back to, I believe, what's now going to be a second and about a 25. No doubt there is they're going to move the ball, spot the ball, and get the receivers. Two receivers out there, one to the left, one to the right there. Spot the ball around the 30-yard line. Here's the snap handoff to 18. He's going to go around to the visitor's side. Down the sideline, he's got some green pastures, and he's going to fall somewhere around the 8-yard line. Let's see if they spot him back towards about the line of scrimmage. So, uh, while you messed up and got 10 yards back, they found the 11 and uh, brings up a, a big second down. Yeah, most definitely got all pretty much all that yardage right back after that penalty. So, it puts them uh, third down. In about nine, third down and nine. If they get down to the goal line, hey, you start fresh. But you know the Summerville Wings. I think they're just going to try to push it on down like they are and try to get a few yards, but not much and not enough to get close for the first down. So now we come on down at about seven, Richie. So the uh, the marker on the side is telling us third down. You're charting it at fourth down. So in between A and B, somewhere there's got to be some truth, and it spots the ball around. It looks like the one in, maybe one yard line. They need the half inch to get the first down. So there's just a little, little bit of hope there to get you inside the uh, first down mark as they break the huddle with 6:53 remaining. It is Somerville charging towards the scoreboard. Open and drive of our game of the week between West Ashley and Somerville. Here with the 12U takes the snap, rolls it out, throws it to the right side, and he's got it. Nope, just over the head there, out of reach there, Clinton. Yeah, so definitely that was third down, Rich. Now up comes the fourth down. Forgot about the penalty. Dropped it back. Uh, now we're fourth down. It looks about a good, strong, good, strong six yards. So it's going to be interesting. Of course, Somerville will go for it because it really doesn't have anything to lose. Yep, with 636, so you've got two receivers on each side, a running back to the left side of the quarterback, standing close to his own 10. And the whistle's a blow. Timeout, West Ashley. Uh, nope, this is going to be a penalty on West Ashley. So that could actually give them a new set of downs. That should bring a first down if they half a distance to the goal. Nope. Should that uh, give them a first down, Clinton? No, actually, that does still bring them short. Remember, the last play was about a good third and strong seven, and they still are about a yard and a half short. Mm. Fourth down, so I would not be surprised, Rich, if they just turn around and do a quarterback keep and at least try to get some fresh down. If not, get the first. Don't try to do anything else. Get too fancy. You get those guards and get that center and get right behind them and play some old semantic mouth football and let's catch that chest one time. There we go now. Spot the ball. Two receivers, one on each side. They take the snap, and uh, he did exactly that. He tried to lean forward. Did he get enough of the first down? Just by reaching Clinton, he should have the first down. Nope. It looks like they're going to say it's turnover on down. down. That's right. Yes, sir. So what happened was his knee went down first. So after the bobble, mm-hmm. knee went down. And what he did was instead of standing straight up, and the rules of this game is just like anything else, when your knee is on the ground and you grab the ball, it is down right then and there. So unfortunately, he came up just about a half yard short. Even though the reach would have been there, that knee is what the referee was going by. So now West Ashley has the ball about on the two, well, one and a half, two-yard line, getting ready to go the other way. They got 98 yards. Let's see if they can make it happen. With 6.20 left on the clock, 
only in the first quarter. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Spot the ball. West Ashley's 12 U's offense getting an opportunity to be seen for the first time tonight. Got that really, I would say, jam-packed package coming out there. No receivers at all on each side. They've got a bunch of dudes, and they're going to try to use some power here. He comes around to Clinton's side on the home side. He's looking for some green grass. He breaks across the 5, the 10. Here goes the track meet down the 30. Still on his feet at the 35, the 40. Still steps out of a tackle, the 50 to the 40. Still running all the way to the 30. Whistles are being blown. I'm not sure why, but he's into the end zone. Clint, what's going on? Well, I'm standing right behind that young man just now, and I knew when he turned that corner, just like you said, that looked exactly like a track meet. Referee, hey, we're not here to argue with you. Says he stepped out of, out of, says he stepped out of bounds around the 50, so we're going to see. We're walking down to find out. Oh, yes, indeed. Referee's calling that he stepped out of bounds. Ah, like, again, we're not here to be the referees. We're just the commentators. <laughs> we're going to see what we see. And right now, we see that West Ashley came out of a very tight spot really quickly. No doubt there. Shot him out of a cannon as he gets a huge chunk of yards. He's on their own 48 left hash mark heading towards the pool. If you know the facility well, there's going to be a, a jam-packed, I would say, um, well, there's the whistles that are blown here. And, again, one of the frustrating things we talk about it on this level and every level is discipline wins and loses ball games. Oh yeah, most definitely. Discipline is probably the word I, I could use about a hundred times when it comes to a Saturday, uh, and even on Sunday in the lab. This is one of those things with these younger, with a younger generation, it's a little bit harder to reach them. But once you do, if you can get them, if you can get them in that eight U and even that ten U that you should be okay. Learn discipline, get that respect going through, and you'll be just fine. Guaranteed. That jam-packed package again, a bad snap over the head of the quarterback. He's going to fall down on it. It's still fumbling around. I'm not sure if he was able to, and I think he finally got to it. But, boy, after a very positive run of about, we're going to give him close to about 40-yard run towards the 50. It's kind of falling apart a little bit now for West Ashley as they are now finding themselves Behind the line of scrimmage, they find the ball now around the 40-yard line. Second down and a long ways to go. 5:04. We're under a 0-0 tie here in the first quarter. Here's a handoff up the middle, chopping his feet, getting a little bit of that leverage back there. Clinton finds his way back to the 45 right hash mark. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, again, Rich, you know, like we hope, like I always say, all that work from nothing. Two times in a mm-hmm. row. Uh, the snap goes over the center's head. One of the most critical things in youth football, in high school football, is that connection between the center and his quarterback. Getting him the ball so the play can be ran is 99.9% of the game. Because as soon as he gets it, you can have your fastest player, you can have your skilled player, you can have your wide receiver, you can have all those things set up. But you have to have that connection between that center and that quarterback. And now they find themselves back jammed up again. It should be going on fourth down. And now it looks like it's about a good, strong 12 yards. So a lot of work, all for nothing, to be backed up again and trying to see what they're going to do. And fourth down, middle of the field, Rich, can you believe that these gentlemen are not punting and they're going for it? Yeah, pretty familiar sight here during this stage group here. Not a lot of punting happening. They're going to go for it. Not many extra points kicked there. They're going to come from the shotgun formation. The young man to his right side, the quarterback, going to keep it here. 
going to use those legs, and he's not going to get much because that green wall stands tall, and they will get the ball on turnover around the, let's say, the 46-yard line, 47-yard line of West Ashley's, man. Again, yeah, you know, again, I'm not a coach. I'm not a referee. I'm not going to sit here and kind of go through their playbook either. But you, you wonder there why run up the middle three times in a row, Clinton. I mean, the first time, okay, fine, you're testing the waters. The second time, okay, it seems like it's uh, pretty solid. Why wouldn't you come back around to this side, which was your best play of the night here early? That's right. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Sometimes you got to go outside your wheelhouse and or go with what's working. Once you got that plan A, Rich, you know me as well as anybody, there is no plan A. There is no plan B. Excuse me. We can go to A1 or A2 or whatever you want to do. Because now look what they did. Throwing the ball right there midfield. And first play off the scrimmage, here comes Somerville with at least about a good 15 to 20 yard gain there by number 36. Yeah, that young man, he ran his uh, route like you would not believe. Check that. That's 26 on the roster, number 26 there for the Green Wave. Comes around to the right side, coming down the home side of the field here near the press box and found a lot of green pastures, and they spot the ball close to the 28-yard line from the shotgun. They go man in motion, going to go right to left. He's going to keep it. The quarterback, number eight, looks for a hole. Not much happened. A great job there by the defensive line closing that gap up and uh, getting wide, if you will, to make sure that he gets that tackle. Yeah, Rich, that hole didn't stay open too long, not long at all. We tell all of our running backs uh, in these 12U, 10U, and 8U, listen, that hole will be open, but it's not going to stay open for long. And sure enough, West Ashton King filled that hole with no problem at all to meet the quarterback right there with a little short game. That's going to bring up a second down. They'll spot the ball on about the 27-yard line on the left hash mark, marching it towards the scoreboard. Two receivers out there, one left, one right. Quarterback shotgun, bad snap, picks it up off the ground. Number eight going to roll around to the left side. He's got the first down and a little more as he's finally tackled out, looking for the line over there around the 15-yard line. That'll give a first down. They'll move the chains with 2.05 remaining here in the first quarter. Uh, you know, uh, I, I got to be honest with you, man. Every time I work with you, you always have somebody following behind you, holding umbrellas. Man, I tell you, you you're getting spoiled down there, buddy. Hey, listen, I'm just trying to get up there in the big leaves. If he would hold the umbrella, I'd be all right, but. You know how these young cats are. Guess what he's doing? Sitting <laughs> on his phone watching YouTube. Everybody wants There's to watch no. YouTube. I think you can see the YouTube channel now, Rich. Southern Sports We're working on YouTube. They'll watch us then. That they will. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. It is all zeros, 158, first quarter. It is the 12U. The 12U West Ashley Kings hosting the 12U Somerville Wave. <laughs> Competition win the war, that's a mission. Not no mercy, see the race by the street. If you don't know, you better find out the wolf pack. It'll prove a point number one. And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman alongside Quentin Robinson Sr. here. want to give you a quick recap in game one. It was the king of West Ashley winning the 8U battle, and it was the green wave of Somerville winning the 10U. This is for all the marbles as they take the snap. The quarterback's going to run it up the middle, and he's still got room, and the young man is, I tell you, 
might not be the biggest guy, but he uses that small size, Clinton, to kind of get under the tackles and uh, very close to a first down. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Listen, Rich, definitely not the biggest guy on the field, but he's got to be the kid with the biggest heart because he is not letting any size or anyone intimidate him whatsoever. That kid takes it through the middle. I mean, he gets low and runs with those shoulders square up, and that's exactly what you're supposed to do. And it's going to be a little bit hard to catch him and even bring him down since he's already low to the ground. Good deal here. We've got eight, 118 left on the clock. It continues to go in the right direction here as we're wrapping up the first quarter. All zeros on the board. They'll spot the ball on the, about the center of the field, somewhere around the 10-yard line here. So it is within the 10 because the markers are down. It's first down. Green wave. Here's the snap. There's the whistle, and I got a bad feeling it's going back your way, which would be against the green wave. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Looks like a little false start going on there, Rich. Uh, we will see. Did, did we get the official call? Yeah, uh, false start. That's, that's going to be on uh, Somerville. They'll wind the clock up under a minute. Discipline is going to be uh, one of the big things here that I think determines this matchup here tonight as we're coming to you live in North Charleston at our South Carolina Youth Football Association Game of the Week. Quick toss and into the corner. Give it that fade and intercept it, is it? I believe it is. Let's see. Intercept it, Richie. Yes, most definitely down there in the end zone. And this seems to be the theme uh, going on tonight. As each team works their way further down the field, right as they get to where you think they're about to score, bam, there goes another squad in there with a heck of a defensive play and stops the touchdown in that long, pretty nice, impressive drive of Somerville. Yeah, once again, Somerville kind of stalls out there. They stalled inside the three-yard line, not able to get any points. Here they go, kind of go for the money shot with on the first down and a fade into the back corner away going towards the streets over there, and it was picked off and almost a floater, just plenty of time for the defender from West Ashley to find a great position. He became a receiver, brought it down, and now it's going to be first and 10 West Ashley with 38 seconds remaining here in the first quarter. Good energy here tonight. Good crowd here, too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. West Ashley brought a nice crowd in Somerville. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. Somerville is Somerville. They're always going to bring a nice crowd with them. But we're now going to see what West Ashley is going to do. They were stuck in this position before. Do they make the same mistake twice? Oh, and now they call the timeout. Timeout on West Ashley. 38 seconds left. 38.5 seconds left in the first quarter. It was, was that a good timeout? Some might argue that. 38 seconds left. You could have let it run down. But if it was going to be a detrimental play, then I guess we call the timeout. The coach thought I didn't. So now we're going to see what they do. No doubt. Let's do it with them, guys. We'll take a quick break. It's all zeros on the board. 38.5 remaining here in the first quarter. You're listening to South Carolina Youth Football Association Game of the Week. It is all 12U action tonight. Somerville, Green Wave, and the West Ashley Kings. Guys, we'll be right back. The truth can hurt you. Or the truth can change you. What will truth do to you? Hey, welcome back, everybody. A quick little break there. We'll line up the ball, spot it there with 38 seconds remaining. It is West Ashley with the ball heading towards the pool. A bad snap again. Another conversation there to be had, and it's going to fall very close to the five-yard line. Clinton, I think you've got a pretty good view. 
again, that's the third mishap there between the center and the quarterback of this young man, I guess, kind of not knowing his own strength. Yeah, it, it's really um, – it's not always a simple fix, Rich, but uh, – well, looks like we're going to let this time run down. Oh, no, time out. Time out for Somerville just now. So that brought the that brought the ball all the way back to the five. Somerville taking a timeout now. Listen, you know, let, let the truth be told right here. Does Somerville just come out with an all-out blitz and try to push it back, force a fumble, do what they have to do? Because the Kings are once again backed up against the wall in a corner. Let's see what they come out with. But uh, back to the initial um, center and the quarterback thing again. I think it's a little small, easy form to fix. Uh, I probably will during halftime. Let the coach know, hey, there is a small way to fix it that could be a quick fix. But hey, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Right now, five yard line. Let's ask the Kings have the ball. Second down, and whew, uh, second down and a mile, Rich. From here, it looks like yeah. a clear mile. It looks like about 35 yards to get that first down in 14 seconds in the first quarter. All zeros as it's West Ashley's ball and that very, I would say, jumbo piled up offense. There's another bad snap. That one finds the dirt as well and very close to it being a safety at this point. Is, it looks like the referee's going to spot that on about the one-yard line. And that now with uh, the final five seconds ticking off here, uh, Clinton, uh, you know, you, you look at some of the keys to the – First quarter, number eight, the quarterback for Somerville having uh, pretty much a, a will if he has uh, anything here, and that is his ability to get under the tackles, get around, and his electricity uh, hopefully can start to be contagious for the rest. But it's the discipline of not just Somerville, but also of West Ashley. Now, they had a big run, Clinton, and you've coached in the same league before. But for me, it's like they forgot that they had that success, but that guy came around almost in that reverse angle as he came from left to right or down the sidelines. He picked up about 40 yards, and they haven't gone back to that play, but yet they keep trying to pound the rock in the right side between the guard and tackle with very little, little no luck. But now the conversation is the, the connection or disconnection from the center to the quarterback. Right, most definitely. And it starts to fall apart because the center feels a certain way. Uh, the coaches have to take that into account. That you don't want the kid to break down mentally, he's better to break down physically. So it's one of those things that you have to have a conversation with him, have that confidence in him. It seems kind of harsh because right now they're on the one yard line, it's third down, and they have a lot to go. And yes, Mitch, they should go back to plan A. What got them down the field the first time, they need to go back to it. And it's looking like they tried and they got about a yard off of it. If that young man goes over those tackles or even comes around that edge, that's the same exact play that they used before. So, like we've repeated time and time again, go back to plan A. There is no plan B. Fourth down, now they have no choice but to punt. But now in this league, they have the option, Rich, that they can walk off the punt or they can pick it live. Well, I'm pretty sure I know the answer is going to be for the West Ashley King, and they are going to walk that foot off, which if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to pay attention right now. They automatically give you 40 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it looks like they're going to break the huddle. Is that normally what happens here? They break the huddle, they walk it off after they break the huddle? Uh, no, Rich, because actually they are trying for a live 
punch. Oh, and that did not turn out so much. It came down a penalty on the penalty down and a safety. So let's see how that goes. When the young man got the snap, instead of going for the going for the kick, he threw it. Looked like he was going to toss the ball for a fake punch. Uh, it looked like a little helmet to helmet action going on, leading with the head. So it should be interesting how this all turns out. And it goes back to the West Ashley Kings. West wow, look Ashley at that, Kings, first down, Helmet to helmet. Penalty came down. Wow. That was one uh, turn of events, Rich, that was very, very hard to uh, understand. But I saw the hit, so I can, I get it. But on a punt and on the fourth down, I guess that does get that first down. The referees are talking uh, right now, seeing where they're going at with it. Here we go with 7.54, second quarters, first down. They get a new life here on the 20-yard line, about the 19, actually. We'll spot the ball first and 10. They are marching towards the pool. Again, we're live here at Danny Jones. I'm Rich Up alongside Clinton Robinson Sr. for our game of the week here as it is all 12-view action tonight, Somerville and West Ashley. Somerville rocking the green helmets, traditional with the wave across the side, and, of course, the green jerseys, white letters, black pants, and those pink socks with uh, their support of cancer. Then on the other side, it's all the West Ashley fellas with the white shirts, black pants, and the same socks, and those cool logos on the white helmets. Whistles are blowing, and here we go as we start to move things around. There's the snap. Going to go back to that right side. He's got some room and found a little something. But for me, again, what are they seeing on that right side that maybe I'm not seeing? You have a better view what do they see on that right side that maybe makes them feel like they're going to finally bust through that hole? Uh, Richie, that's a good question. Maybe because of a couple of the smaller guys being over there. Because there's no way that the coaches see was going on the right-hand side. That front line in Somerville that I'm now moving my way across to get to a perfect view. That front line is what they need to worry about and their two ends. Trying to move those tackles, yeah, that's exactly what it is. They think because they think it's a two-way strike, but now they're trying to take through that right side and try to pick on it. But believe it or not, just like anybody, you can't take those smaller guys for granted. Those are the main ones that will make something happen. They don't like to be picked on too much. Here's the snap, and again, another bad snap, it looks like. And, uh, you know, it's not what you want it to be with 653. That's uh, kind of the recap from quarter one, if you were watching this. I believe a turnover, and it is going to be Somerville's ball as a snap ends up being a turnover. And we've got a young man slow to get up here. But, uh, again, you know, they are going to have to figure out something over here on the sideline to get that center and get that quarterback. And, and do you do this at this age? Do you go ahead and say, look, he can't get it to him five yards just get him up under the center? Let's take that opportunity for mistake away. Yeah, I, I definitely think that you have to practice all options. Um, either being in the pistol formation, shotgun, and or under center, you have to explore all of those options just in case you get in a situation exactly like this where it's not clicking and you guys aren't getting it. And as the young man takes around, got a little bit of daylight, and, oh, they say he stepped out of bounds. Close, down there around the three-yard line. Somerville, is that number 20? Let's see. 18. Number number 18. 18 Right. Yeah, there we go. That's right. Number 18 for Somerville takes around the left side and brings it down to about the three-yard line, Richie. But, yes, most definitely, you have to be able to hear all options. Understanding, or shotgun. 
If those don't work, then you must, you must be able to go under center. They break the huddle, one receiver on each side. Here's the snap. Here's the handoff. They're giving it up there to 18 again. He seems to be their workhorse, and he's going to put six on the board. And like that, with 6-10 remaining in the second quarter, he will get a check by his name here. We'll try to figure out his name going forward, but uh, he is the hot hand over there with the green wave. And on the other side, we keep an eye on, uh, uh, I believe it's 18 and 8 seem to be the top two guys uh, running the ball right now for the green wave. The quarterback, I believe, yeah, pretty much is the dominating right? factor right now. We will we will get with those uh, gentlemen, try to get those numbers. I believe all three, 13, 18, and 8 are the guys that are uh, doing what they have to do right now. All right, so for the extra point, is no good. A little fumble on the snap. Uh, quarterback couldn't get a handle on it. So right now, with 6 minutes and 10 seconds left in the second quarter, it is Somerville that is up 6-0. Over the West Ashley Kings, Rich. Yep, so we start to kind of look here through uh, this glass eye. And, again, another bad snap. Both teams have actually struggled with uh, getting that ball to their quarterbacks. Somerville has had a better luck of picking this thing off the dirt and making something out of it. On the other side, not as easy to do when you actually sling it over the head of your quarterback. And he's actually having to chase it down. Uh, and, and that makes it tough. And, and you've seen, of course, Somerville makes the most out of an opportunity as they get the ball in the uh, red zone. Well, no, excuse me. They get the ball around the 20 and end up about uh, a few minutes later getting in the end zone with 6-10 remaining here. You see Somerville's going to set it up at the 40. Nope, he's going to move it back there. He's going to put it around the – yep, he'll put it at the 45. Line up their green wave players at the 40. A little bit of rocking back and forth here. Ready to kick this one off to get this ball game again. Oh, nice little pooch here, and uh, good job there, uh, Clinton, by the big man on that front line to just fall down on it. Well, again, you see this happening a lot in this league, too, where I'm getting more familiar with they try to get an onside kick, it seems like, every play, rather than giving these guys uh, that bad field position right here. I mean, a good team getting the ball to 45. I mean, that's pretty good solid field position going forward. Yeah, most definitely, Rich. That does seem to be a tradition that's going on that, Pretty much in the years of I've been doing it, this year is the majority of it happening. Uh, trying to get that onside kick. You see the guys not even using a tee anymore, Rich. They just put the ball down there. It's kind of what we call the squib kick. They'll get that little squib kick, and hopefully it goes off that front line and bounces right back. Very, very, very common going on this year. And I guess it's like anything else with 2020, it's the new normal. And it is here with 6.08 remaining, 6 nothing. Somerville with the lead, the 12U wave on top of West Ashley and the Kings. Here's a snap, and here's a sack, just like that. A great job penetrating all the way through the line and looking for some numbers here, some conversations are being had here between the two teams, maybe trying to figure out what game they can't wait to go home and watch tonight because don't forget, it's 7.30 in about seven minutes. The Miami Hurricanes will be kicking it off against the Clemson Tigers. That's a big game. you got Ole Miss and Alabama. They're about to kick it off. you got Florida State, Notre Dame, another big matchup within the ACC. So, again, a lot of good football, but don't go anywhere. We're going to be here with you for the next two quarters on top of five minutes and 57 seconds of football here at our Game of the Week from Danny Jones in North Charleston, South Carolina, where we partnered up with Jay Williams and the SEC League of that South Carolina Youth Football Association, where we focus – Every Saturday night, every Saturday night, we have a game of the week. Big time here as they uh, blow the whistle, start the clock. Receivers are nowhere to be found, and it's going to be 
a handoff to the right side, and he's not getting much. You know, Clinton, I know this is a newer team. I get that, but not much on throwing the ball. These guys try to live with that running game. It makes you one-dimensional. It gives you no opportunity to even get that going if you don't have anything going in the air to at least prevent the opportunity for something big. So where we see a lot of times guys throw it to run it, could these guys be setting them up, running it to try to throw it? Now, that could be the uh, the idea. But I tell you, that's a lot of bait. That's like going fishing, Rich. There's only <laughs> there's only so many worms I'm going to put down there to let that fish keep taking away from me before I go ahead and I hit him with the ooh-wee-wee stuff I got down there in the tackle. And, well, there it goes. And maybe that's, maybe that's why, Rich. Well, you can't get that connection going on between the quarterback and the center. Maybe passing might not be the way to go. And even if you do call it, Who's to say that that, that uh, play hasn't been bobbled and broken several times? Somerville is coming like a wave. They're doing exactly what their uniforms say. They're coming in waves when they're blasting through there. It must be blitz after blitz. And right now, it looks like they're going to go ahead and take a timeout. Well, the referee timeout, we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on and why we're calling a timeout. And while we're doing that, I guess we could talk about well, well, there it goes. It must be figuring out the spot of the ball. You try, try to spot the ball and then get the down marker set. It's what it looks like with 436 remaining here. They've got receivers uh, kind of spread out a bit. Nope, they're finally throwing the ball here, and that's going to be a turnover on downs. And uh, as soon as I said something about we're not throwing the ball, well, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, most, most definitely. They tried to do it. And just then, Rich, believe it or not, that was a punt. It was fourth down. And about 13 yards. Um, so I see what they did. They try to make it so nobody's back there to get the ball. So kind of a smart catch move. Um, so you don't have to worry about anybody running it back. You leave your normal offense out there. You let the kid with the, with the foot, with the leg, get back there in the shotgun position, snapping the ball. He does a little quick punt to get the ball back down the field. But unfortunately, Rich, this one only went about maybe – Eight to ten yards. It was a bad kick off the side of the foot. And now, center of the field, Somerville has the ball with four minutes and 28 seconds to go here in the second quarter. So, I've more than enough time for them to come down and try to put another one in. Yeah, we'll see what they do as they break the huddle. Got a receiver over to the home side of here by this press box. And then looking on the other side, don't see anybody there. There's a quarterback, number eight, stands at the shotgun with, I believe, number 18 to his right side. Here's the snap. He's going to hand it to 18. He bounces off a of one. Here he comes to this side. He's going to stiff one. Go in between two. Great block by 13. He's still on his feet. There's 18 across, and he's still into the end zone. He goes, and a touchdown, Somerville. Like that, that guy went like a train on a mission. This kid went between two guys on the defender's side. He had a great block by his receiver, number 13. He led into that promised land, and now here we are with uh, 4-11. It is 12-0 Somerville. Good run there and a great way of looking at what was given to you there, Clinton. Yeah, most definitely. Like I told you, with that field position, Rich, it's going to be one of those things. You can't give a team like Somerville, especially how they're playing tonight. I'll say that. How Somerville is playing tonight, you cannot give them good field position. I understand what these coaches are trying to do, but you might have to go into the halftime and have a serious sit-down with some of these guys and uh, let's see what they can do. And there goes number eight. Look, and wow. You know, no surprise on number eight. Uh, a lot of standing around in the West Africa, pretty much watching football. You don't expect this 
in the 12 U. So there's a lot of things you said earlier that you said earlier. While there's four minutes and 11 seconds left in the second quarter, they 14 up in Somerville. But we expect a little bit more out of the 12 U. We expect a little bit more discipline. We expect a little bit more uh, uh, of an aggression and all that stuff going on. And right now, the way that West Ashley is moving around in the field, Richie, their body language is telling it all. Yeah, body language definitely telling it all as they now take a 14 to nothing lead, a quarterback keeper there for the extra two points. And it now, of course, uh, stins that lead just a little bit here with 4-11 in the second quarter. Our game of the week brought to you by the South Carolina Youth Football Association. This is the SEC version out of the state of South Carolina. Commissioner Jay Williams, want to thank him for putting us out here around all this young talent, the uh, foundation, the uh, pipeline, whatever you want to label it as. It is going to be guys playing on Saturday night. They were trying to get to a Friday night lights near you. They spot the ball on the tee. So this one will be marked here at the 40. Here's the kick. Toe meets leather, and it's going to be a nice one. All the way to the 40, picked up by West Ashley. They hit the 45, and he's dropped not even to the 45 at the 42. Great coverage there, and the defense special teams. Uh, I, I, I see a lot of positive in uh, that one, Somerville. Oh, yeah, most definitely, Rich. That's probably the most scariest part right there was that kickoff uh, that any coach would just tell you that they cringe because it's all about staying in your lane. Stay in your lane, and that's exactly what that young man did. First man down on the field, first man in front of his face, had the breakdown, wrapped up around the leg. Beautiful form tackling. That's exactly what that was. So now it starts off. West Ashley gets another fresh start right there almost in the middle of the field with a first down. And then with almost going on four minutes left in the second quarter. There we go. We spot the ball on the 30, about midway through, set that to 40. And, again, another bad snap is going to cause uh, this one to land right at the 38-yard line. So a loss of two on the snap. Again, this is something that they're going to have to work on. West Ashley uh, seems to have the beginning of uh, the process to be the most hardest part of the process. And if you can't snap it from center to quarterback, man, it's hard to run the remainder of that play. Again, as they now fall two yards back from the line of scrimmage, that will bring up a second down and 12 with 335 remaining. 14 nothing. It is Somerville, the Green Wave, the 12U. Boys are leading the 12U guys out of West Ashley, the Kings. This game here is for all the marbles. They split it between the 8s and the 10s. So this one is for the bragging rights. Here's a snap. Toss it over the top and almost picked off. I tell you what, it looked like Tim Tebow out there throwing that ball as uh, number 16, or I believe it was 16. He had it, but he dropped it the last minute for the green wave, that could have been dangerous because he had a lot of horses around him ready to go in the other direction. We've got an injury. We'll take a quick break. It is 313 remaining here at the game of the week. It is Somerville, 12U, with a 14-0 lead over West Ashley. Guys, we'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. Here's Game of the Week coming to you live from Danny Jones in North Charleston, South Carolina. I want to welcome you guys here for, of course, uh, all the action that's happening here tonight between two great programs, Somerville Green Wave 12U taking on the 12U West Ashley Kings. It's all Somerville here in quarter number two, 14 nothing. 303 remaining. The young man was able to get up off the ground and on his feet and off on his own accord. Good news there is they're coming from the shotgun. We've got running backs on each side. They snap it. It looked close to like they were snapping it there to the running back uh, as uh, he's able to get some positive yardage there, but that's going to bring up a long fourth down. We'll wait and see. And of course, timeout. Somerville. We'll hang tight with you there. You just heard uh, the band playing. That, of course, was. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you, do you know who it is, uh, who, who you just heard there during the commercial break there, Clinton? No, I have no idea. Richie, go ahead and break it down for me. I got to break it down. That is Bethune-Cookman, one of the big HBCU bands that uh, really, you know, you think about, you know, Battle of the Bands that didn't happen this year because of COVID over in Atlanta. That's something that, you know, gyrates a ton of money financially for the institutions. So hopefully they'll bring that back after COVID finds another spot to hang out. But, uh, you know, I tell you what, though, you see Deion Sanders taking that job as a head coach, and you're seeing a lot of positive things with HBCUs where it comes into these athletes that are decommitting from Navy, they're decommitting from other major universities, and they're starting to look at some of these other avenues. And I got to tell you, this is something that I think coaches should have done a better job in the past because everybody can't go play at Power 5 football. Everybody can't go to Alabama and be an All-American or Clemson or some of those other great places. And if you can find a home at, let's say, North Carolina A&T or you say South Carolina State, like Shaq Davis is going to be doing this year where they finally snap the ball, or even down there at Bethune-Cookman, man, you don't get drafted if you're not playing on the football field. Right. You're exactly right. you got to come in here and put your work in. But believe it or not, Rich, it's off the field is where you win the game. During those practices, Monday through Thursday, you come in and you try to be the best you can. With that snap taking off, oh, a little bit of daylight, but maybe not enough. And probably just a little bit nope. short. It's best, Ashley, as they come up and get ready. Let me change over on bounds. They were only able to get him to the 45 he needed. Actually, he got him to the 43, Clinton. He needed the 43. Six, it looked like, but either way, he's short, and that will now take the ball to the other direction. I tell you, not a bad run. I thought, and I think everybody up here in the press box thought this kid was going to be able to find that little seam there and able to get out. Now, had he had broken past that one defender, man, it was all to the races and then the green pastures of the end zone, and they could have been talking about six, but unfortunately, change on downs, 245, 244, remaining here in the second quarter. Somerville breaks the huddle, one receiver to the right. They're giving it to 26. Here he goes up the middle. Now that young man does a great job following his blocks, picks up five, and they'll spot the ball around the 40. Yeah, most definitely. you got to have that patience. Wait for the hole to open up and then take advantage of it. But when it does open up, you have to be going full speed, square those shoulders, shoulders over toes, gentlemen, shoulders over toes, and take off. And there he gets fed again. And guess what, Rich? He's off to the races. I do not think they are going to catch him. Nope. Same play over and over again. Same thing those other guys are doing. And as you see the linemen up there with chest bumping going on, because, hey, they know they did a good job too. And linemen, and linemen lives matter. 
You said that as we uh, look at everything here, and of course we uh, put everything together with a nice, about a 40-yard run there. I mean, this young man took off. He found the crease. He followed his lineman, and then he had a huge pickup of a block. And I tell you one thing that they do over there that you're noticing at Somerville, that they have taught their receivers how to become blockers, even though they're not getting the ball to stay in the game, play the game that's out there, do what needs to be done. And twice now I've seen receivers on this scores that have played a huge factor of making sure that these young men can get in the end zone and a nice run by number 26. And they'll now line up for two with 2.09 remaining. Somerville with a 20 to nothing lead here in the second quarters. We're heading into halftime. We'll give you some updates around the world of college football. Seven minutes ago, it was a kickoff at Bunsen. Here's a run up the middle. No good. And that, of course, uh, will keep a 20 to nothing lead here. Clinton, you start to mention some things. You said it earlier. You're right. I think everybody has to understand. And, and this is one thing that even on the high school level that we're seeing, that the guys that stayed in shape didn't have to get in shape. I mean, you know, you look at guys uh, we've played, you know, on Friday nights. So you and I have watched Ashley Ridge. The discipline there I thought was very good on that Friday night from the other team. Of course, the discipline over at Fort, very good as well. You see a lot of the small mistakes being made, but they capitalize on them during the week. Then they played Goose Creek, a team also very, uh, I would say, in shape. They were able to spread out, but sometimes you're just outmanned and overpowered, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing on everybody that plays against Fort. But instead of, you know, talking about that Patriots team, you know, you you, you look at the three teams they've played, and i got to be honest with you, it's all three total different stories from each team that they've played. And it's like this week coming up, they'll play West Ashley, my thing is, are they going to let two losses in a row play a factor, or two one loss become two in a row as they're getting ready to kick the ball off? We're under 209 here, and there we go as it kicks it to the second group of guys. Here comes the white jersey. He's going to break one tackle, finds a seam across the 50, steps out of a tackle there, and all the way into green wave territory for the first time tonight. They will get the ball, start the ball at the 48. Clinton, it's not going to be spotted on the left hash mark. No, no, not this time around. That's what we call a good old school two-lace tackle. Two-lace tackle, because had not been that young man, I believe that would have been taken to the house. So, again, once again, the guys staying in their lanes, doing what they're supposed to do, and not trying to be that hero to make that tackle, staying where they're supposed to be. So that young man was in the right place at the right time, and he did his job. Wes Ashley comes back out with first down and 10, 153 and counting. In the second quarter before the half, Somerville up 20 to nothing. Here's the snap there. Quarterback keeper goes around the right side. Boy, this speed is going to get him. There he goes, steps out of one and tackled by a guy that we've said his number before. He's playing on both sides of the ball. That's number 18. He's a running back on the offense and seems to be a secondary guy on the defense. Saved a touchdown there. That's one of the biggest runs of the night for the Kings as they were able to pick up a first down. They'll spot the ball, it looks like, around the 28-yard line. First and 10, under a minute and 35 as we are here in the second quarter. These guys are going to have to keep an eye on that clock and keep things moving pretty fast because uh, they are running close on time here to score in the second quarter. Yeah, most definitely. They, time is running out, and unfortunately, it, time will go against them. That's the one thing that you have to look at. So if they're going to score, they need to go ahead with the momentum now and that's not how they do it. Quarterback takes the snap, and the middle was totally plugged, and that's where he tried to go. I believe they lose about another five yards like on that. Uh, 58 seconds left, and counting down, 
Well, they decided to take the injury and got a man down on the field. Well, yeah, now, got a couple of guys. Now is where, right, now is where the time uh, it becomes a factor. Uh, do you try to go for something big right now? I think you do because it's a momentum changer. If you can give something up that these young men have something to believe in coming in the third quarter, now would be the time to do it. Um, I don't know what type of conversation that you have when you're down 20 to nothing. Uh, going into halftime that you can, you know, pump it back up. Looking at the sidelines, you got a couple kids already on the bench, uh, one coming off limping and two standing on the sidelines. So they don't have a deep roster to look back into. They're kind of working with what they have. First-year program, so we're going to see what uh, bag of tricks that they have that's going to come out and hopefully uh, at least get these guys on the board. No doubt about it. Coming up at halftime, we'll give you an update on the scoreboard on the Southern Sports Central scoreboard coming up here in about about 43 seconds. This could be one of the final plays of the second quarter. Here's a quarterback keeper. Again, go back to that wishing well. Good tackle there by number 57, defensive lineman for Somerville. Another injury, and I'm afraid on that one, the young man had the entire play kind of roll over on top of him. Again, the big quarterback and the big defensive lineman there, uh, he kind of became uh, a victim of the circumstance, if you will, there. Yeah, most definitely. That, and that happens more than often when uh, the smaller guys or even happens to the linemen with the running backs. You don't move fast enough to get, you know, to push that uh, defender off of you and the play comes up behind you. That's the first thing they're catching. They're catching those heels. They're rolling on those ankles. Uh, the young man is up. He's limping off. I think he'll be all right. So hopefully they won't have to dig too much deeper. They're running out of room on that bench over there. Uh, they're they're not running out of room. They're gaining room because, unfortunately, uh, they just don't have a whole lot of guys to put on that bench, man. I mean, to be all honest, I look down there, and uh, I don't know if you're allowed to recruit some of the teams up here to help out a little bit, double them up a bit. But, you know, you, your heart goes out to a program like this. You see these guys working. I got to tell you, the parents of West Ashley have shown up tonight. They're doing a great job supporting their young kids. On the other side, Somerville, I was part of that program for about 12 to 13, 14 years, calling their games on Friday night. So I'm a familiar uh, of how they do things, right? I mean, you understand that. We talk about the Wildcats. I mean, you and I will see this uh, program uh, that they're hopefully going to be feeding into West Ashley, the Wildcats, on Friday night when we take that trip over in region play for it. Of course, we'll uh, be on the road Friday night, 7 o'clock uh, pregame, 7.30 will be the kickoff. And uh, we'll give you some more information throughout tonight on that broadcast. It's, of course, myself. Clint Robinson Sr. down the sideline, and Eddie Tidley hanging out with me in the press box. But, again, a great night for many, if you're a Fort Dorchester Patriot. Around the uh, way, also, we'll tell you some updates on some scores around this league. So, Clinton, get ready to give us an update. Here's a quick snap, and uh, this is going to be probably the final play. We'll see if this thing does what it's supposed to do. We'll take a break. At the half, we'll come back, Clinton, and you can give us some updates around the SEC. If you don't mind, I know the Wolverines hosted that of the Fort Dorchester Patriots. It was a big day for the Patriots. Boy, that momentum has rolled because uh, Thursday night, B-team won, JV won, Friday night, varsity won, and I heard a little word that it was a clean sweep. Huh? A clean sweep. We'll talk about that in about nine seconds uh some other action today of course uh kind of curious on you know uh what happened with um well that of uh 
You know, what did they do today? How did they play today? You know, they're a team that we keep an eye on. The Cobras, what did they do today? And we kind of put all that in the conversation as well. Nine seconds remaining. It's a 20 to sec, 20 to zero lead right now for the 12U Green Wave. Somerville team comes down here to town kindly and uh, doing a good job with their uh, green jerseys and black pants. Start to kind of put everything in perspective down here as, uh, again, a little lengthy timeout here. You mentioned it. They've got a couple of guys, three of them on the bench, two of them on the sidelines. Not sure if the three on the bench are unable to play with injuries. But, again, you just got to work with what you got. Nine seconds remains. They're going to spot the ball. It looks like about the 32-yard line. This will be the final play of the second quarter as we head into halftime. We'll give you a rundown around the SEC and the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Oh, boy, great run, but a good hit on top of it. That'll take us to half, guys, a quick break. When we come back, Clinton's going to give us an update around the league and who has won and who has not. All of that, much more. Don't go anywhere. The show will continue, guys. We'll be right back. Kane is in the building. With Hollywood Cole, I'm with Marley G, bro. Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know. This that slum dog, millionaire Bollywood flowing up. My real friends never hearing from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get you confused. I got a small circle. I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path, but got on different shoes. Live in the same building. But we got different views I got a couple cars I never get to use Don't like my women single I like my chicks and twos And these days All the girls are down the road I hit the strip club And Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elvin. Let's bring in Clinton Robinson Sr. here as we're going to get you some updates and some score about the SEC part of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Again, a big day of football happening around the state as well as around the country. It is all zeros in the first quarter. Miami, number seven in the country against Clemson. It's 12.35 in the quarter. All zeros. Clemson has the ball, it looks like, on Miami's 44. Alabama, how about this one? Early in the first, trail Ole Miss and Ole Miss, 7 to nothing. The number two team in the country is trailing. Florida State, they'd have the ball in the first quarter. They are tied up with Notre Dame with 12-33 in the first. It is a 24-yard line, fourth and two, Florida State. Let's see what they'll do with it. Earlier action around the top 25, Tennessee, number 14th team in the country, was beat pretty good by the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs, 44-21. Still in the SEC, number 21, Texas A&M, takes out number four, Florida, 41-38. North Carolina, how about the Tar Heels dancing their way to victory? Number eight in the country. They'll move up 
They win 56-45 over number 19, Virginia Tech. Auburn handles business and wins by two against Arkansas, the number 13 team in the country. We'll see an improvement in the rankings coming tomorrow. BYU squeezed it out against the University of Texas San Antonio, the 15th ranked BYU, 27-20. Missouri makes it misery for LSU as it is a 45-41 win for the Tigers of Missouri over the Tigers of LSU, 17th team in the country with now two losses. Texas and Oklahoma, the number 22 Longhorns, in four overtimes fall to the Sooners. And the Red River rivalry, it was a nail-biter, a shocker, and they got all the money they could out of it as Oklahoma wins 53-45 in four overtimes. The final top 24-25 matchup was Iowa State. How about this? The Cyclones beat Texas Tech 31-15. Now, Clinton, I bring you back in here, buddy. I said it earlier, and we do have uh, the guy that runs the Fort Dorchester program up here in the press box with us on the other side, but it's Nas who has taken the Patriots. After the Patriots end up winning on Thursday, the B team, they win the JV game, they win the varsity game, and how about this? Let's go for the clean sweep for all the Patriots, and is for all the marbles, they win eight 10 and 12 you on the road up at Woodland on the woods backyard. Tell me about some games from today, buddy. Yeah, most definitely. There's been a couple of sweeps going all around. We won't give you too much. We try to save that for in the lab on the SC Sunday showcase, but I can tell you, yes, Fort went in there, handled business, did what they had to do up in Woodland. And as we know, it's just like anywhere else. When you take a game and you have to go travel, it kind of throws you off a little bit. It's not like being at home and being in the comfort of your own home. Um, I do know that the same thing happened with the Low Country Golden Knights. They also took that trip down the street, round the corner, to Ashley Ridge and beat the Swamp Fox with a clean sweep, 8U, 10U, and 12U. Cobras, that's right, the Cobras of Cane Bay, Went down the street just a little bit further. We almost call that a country mile, if I'm not mistaken, Rich. Went on down to Bowman, South Carolina, and handled business there with a clean sweep. Other than that, there was some good close games. Of course, the game that we were here, that I was here earlier, and the game we're at now that is going on. But the rest, hey, you guys got to tune in to Southern Sports Central, SE Sunday Showcase, from 6 to 9. And join me, Robinson Sr., a.k.a. The Professor, from 6 to 9 tomorrow to find out what happened. Let's talk to some of the coaches, some of the players, and find out the rest of what's going on in the SEYFA SEC division. Yeah, no doubt is you'll be doing your thing at 6 o'clock, three solid hours, you guys, throughout tonight. You can, of course, uh, listen to the remainder of our game of the week here. Danny Jones, it's a 12-view matchup between Somerville, the Green Wave, and West Ashley. It's all Somerville, 20 to nothing, two quarters in the book, two quarters to go. This is what we would call in baseball the rubber match. This is for all the marbles and any other language because the 8-U, the 8-U, Ashley, excuse me, West Ashley Kings won that one. And the 10U, that was Somerville, the Green Wave, won that one. So whoever wins this one, they get the bragging rights. I'm sure they get a few other things. I believe a trophy is usually involved. I'm not sure, but I do know this. There will be all of this recap tomorrow night right here 
on Southern Sports Central with that guy, the professor, Clinton Robinson Sr. Getting ready to kick off the third quarter as the teams are coming back out here. Nine minutes are on the clock. Coaches are making their way to where they need to be. The guys are the chain gain, if you will, making their way back to their position. That means we're about to kick this thing off as they spot the ball on the 40. On the tee it goes, ready to kick it to West Ashley. It's going to be Somerville. The whistles are blown. Hands up for the kicker, and we're about to get underway here in the third quarter. As here goes, toe meets leather, and in a whistle is blown. I guess somebody left early. Clinton, that's uh, a fair frustrating thing for any coach coming out of a timeout or coming out of halftime, making a penalty, not the way you want to start it. Definitely not the way you want to start it. Once again, good old-fashioned special teams. One of those hard things to always – I say to teach at this level, but, hey, we're back to that word again, our favorite word, discipline. It's kind of yep. hard to be disciplined on this thing because the nervous about what's going to happen. Uh, I went again. Ooh, I'm not even sure who that was on just now. So it was kind of interesting. Maybe West Ashley, maybe they're a little too anxious. Kept me on the line, but the kickoff comes again. It's on Somerville because it starts on the 40 and uh, move it back to the 35. So. Yeah. So you kind of hear some of the excitement there, the fans kind of figuring this thing out. That's probably going to now make it go to the 30. And, again, all you're doing is giving a better field position for, of course, uh, West Ashley is their kickoff returner is now all the way up to the 40-yard line. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, that was two in a row. I, I'm kind of curious to see what is going on or where they're calling it. Maybe if it's uh, Somerville being over-anxious and running and crossing that, crossing a little too early. That last one, I think it was a premature whistle. Uh, but now Somerville gets ready to kick off again. And this kicker's got a little bit of leg. And guess what, Rich? It goes over his head, takes a bounce almost all the way back to the 20. And here he comes on the sideline. Trying to make something happen and only gets down to about the 30. So, guess what? Pretty much right back to where they started from. Yeah, that's usually how it works out. You know, you're able to take the uh, opportunity and bait them. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a bait there just a little bit there. We try to put things in perspective here as uh, we've got 8.50 remaining. 20 to nothing is the score. As uh, you look at this ball being spots here and, uh, you know, we're trying to put everything together, you know, as far as it goes with uh, a third quarter game underway here under the lights. And, again, a good crowd. We're right above the uh, concession stands. I don't know if that was uh, a design play or not. But, uh, again, great food being served uh, throughout the night, throughout the day. I want to thank all those who – take care of this facility who have taken care of making sure all of us are taken care of here throughout the day not only us but our fans that came out tonight they break the huddle and a very different looking setup here the quarterback uh, coming from the shotgun oh it's hitting the ground and he's going to fall on it once again and i was confused i can only imagine that offensive line might have been confused who was going to take that snap yeah, I, once again, man, like we talked about before, Rich, and I, I hate that. But me personally, I would have taken that center and that quarterback for that entire uh, 10 minutes or 12 minutes during the halftime, and we would have went over there and worked on the snap. And that's just me. Again, it's not like West Ashley cannot move the ball, but you cannot move the ball if you don't get that snap down correctly. 
So it's going to be interesting to see if they did anything to try to fix that. Uh, they ain't changing up the center because that one right there just hit the backside of the center before it came all the way up. And that's exactly what it is. He's flicking it up in the air. Really not getting it. That now will bring up a third down at about 14. So third down at 14. Some of you leave in the West Africa Now in the third quarter, he's very fresh at the halftime, thinking that West Africa might come with something. Third down, 14. Let's see what they do. Here comes the quarterback keeper. Here he's going to come to the right side, down the sideline. Best run of the night. Well, the second best run of the night for number, I think it's number eight there. He gets across midfield and finally drug out around the 47-yard line as they'll spot the ball. Great job. And, again, what I like about that play is he came from the other side. Clinton, he was able to use his speed and get around this corner because that corner has been their Achilles heel on that Somerville side. He's able to kind of penetrate, get around his blocker, and that kind of – causes a lot of trouble. What they do by bringing the speed around from the left side and coming to this right side of the field is it gives that energy and the ability for him to start running downhill before he hits the line of scrimmage. Yeah, most definitely. Listen, that kid is a blazing fast. And correction, that is actually, we'll say, number 22. I know those numbers are hard to see. Heck, they're hard for me, Rich. I'm down here on the sideline. But that man, that gentleman was definitely, definitely moving around. But, again, discipline on that safety back there for Somerville with a foreign tackle out there in the middle of the field. Now, this right here is one of those things where there's flag on the plate. Let's see what it was. Oh. It looks like too many men on, on the field. 12 men on the field. Yeah, most definitely. And this is, this is those things. Believe it or not, Rich, we had a statistician, and we counted up all the penalties, the mm. fumbles, the lost yardage. West Ashley would probably be in the negative right about now, and we can almost say that that's what's hurting him. Wait, I going to say they were working it back, but they hadn't worked it off yet. But that would probably be one of the things that was hurting them right now. So hopefully they figure these things out. They see the tape. Hey, they can even go back to the, to the show in our opinion. But they'll go back and fix these things. So you start getting here, 644 remaining here, and it is a beautiful night of football. Here's the quarterback. He's going to keep it here. The big man chopping his feet, meeting a couple of those uh, green jerseys, almost back to the line of scrimmage. Again, positive traction. That's what you want to get out of it because right now you're trailing 20 to nothing here in the third quarter. And, again, you know, Somerville, well, you know, here's the thing for Somerville. Don't get back on your heels. Don't get to a point to, uh, I would say, uh, relax. Because it's teams like this, and you know normally you, you get teams that are able to capitalize on it. I don't know if that 20 to nothing lead is something that's going to make it a little bit harder. And I said it earlier, I was thinking about it during halftime. You know, we got to figure out something if you're West Ashley. You're still going after that same slot. They come out here in the third quarter, and now they're trying to keep this thing around the outside, which is, you know, in their opening quarter, that was their most successful play, but they never went back to it. Right. They, they, never, they definitely didn't. Um, and you know what I'm starting to see is the fact that now, Rich, it's, it's kind of almost making sense. It's got to be conditioning. Uh, these guys are tired. So the quarterback, one comes off, and instead of being able to keep – the big guy in there with him. Look at this uh, run. One comes out and the other one goes in. And that's after that quarterback sneak just again. The same one, number 22. 
Looks like he got about eight or nine yards on that one, which could be getting ready to bring up a fourth down. Oh, excuse me, retraction. Probably got about six yards on that. So now he's about fourth and four. Should be fourth down coming up uh, at about four yards. So, yeah, going back and forth, it's looking like it might be a traditional thing. Guys are trying very hard to move and stay, uh, stay above and stay, stay energetic. And they take another snap, get a few yards up, and this one will be close. Uh-oh. Yeah, we got to turn our own downs here. Yeah, they'll get this one turned back over again. Able to hit this yeah. one out of the hands of, and, and, and that's kind of the storyline here. We'll try to get you guys kind of set up for you guys that are listening. We want to keep spotting the ball for you for you guys that are trying to follow us. Uh, you know, if you're on TV, it's a little easier for that to happen. Now, of course, if you're sitting there listening to us at home, Right now, you're, you're, you know, you want to know where the ball's spotted. We'll get that back here in order with 448 remaining here. Turner Raw with the fumble is going to go Somerville's way. Now, Somerville going to try to get some of that momentum. And uh, they'll spot this one close to about the 38-yard line. That'll be first and 10 on the left hash mark. They're heading back towards the pool here. It is, a, again, a great night. We've had a little bit of rain, but it's uh, held off for the most part. Uh, I know in the upstate, they had a lot of rain. So, we thank God for pushing that thing somewhere else here tonight. And uh, we break the huddle. We've got receivers on each side. One left, one right, coming from the left hash mark. The quarterback stands at his own 34. Running back to his left side. He's slinging the rock to the right side. He's got a man wide open, and in the hands, he hits him. Look at there, ladies and gentlemen, at the 39-yard line. That'll be a first down. And, man, that young man, number 13. You know who else wears 13? Hunter Renfro. That cat there caught that ball in stride, and he would have stayed up. He would have had a touchdown but he slid in like he was coming in the second. What a play. Yeah, most of them. Sometimes, I'm sorry, Rich. Sometimes you got to go ahead and take that sacrifice and get that slide and get up underneath it, but you're exactly right. Had he stayed in stride and turned on that second gear, and look, here they come back again, same thing again, and he's beat. Oh, but this time falls a little bit short. So that was incomplete, and that was second down and 10. And I tell you what, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too unsure. Was there a, was there a play? Uh-oh. Was there laundry on the field? I don't see any, but I tell you what, number one has a heck of an arm. Right. Well, he's able to get back there, and he's got room. I mean, we talk about his arm. but talk about that front line that's able to keep him, you know, with time to throw the ball. Again, they spot the ball there around, uh, it looks like somewhere around the 20, no, check that, 38-yard line, right hash mark, and it was the same play, design play, Number two, the receiver on this side. They got a couple of receivers now. They're going to feed a couple of receivers to the visitor side on the right. Here comes again the quarterback keeper up the middle. He goes. He's got it across the 25. He's going into the end zone with ease. He's at the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. 1 equals 6. 6 gives you 26. And we got 341 on the clock here. A great play call. And they bid on it. Did you watch him? What they did is he leaned forward as if. He was going to go every time and then threw it. This time he leans back. These are young guys. These aren't young. These aren't adults. These aren't even high school kids. They bought on that final trickery, and I think that's all that other play was, was just to make them believe they're going to do just that. And he took off and went up the hill. Great yeah, play call. Great old, yeah, most definitely, Rich. The old bait and switch, right? So two times in a row they go to the same play. Third time when the kid does his draw back, hey, that's exactly it was a draw play, a QB draw. And as he drew back, what does the other what does the defense do? And stand up and almost watch in amazement. And then he leans down and takes off 
and that's exactly what he did. With that speed, there was no catching him once he got to the secondary, so it was pretty much just six all the way. Now with the score being 28-0, third quarter, three minutes and 15 seconds and counting. We are still in the third quarter over here at Danny Jones Recreational Field, Southern Sports. With Mr. Richie Altman and I am Clinton Robinson Sr., your sideline host, a.k.a. the professor. Good times here on a Friday night, or of course Saturday nights here as we are at the game of the week. I want to thank Jay Williams, the commissioner for the uh, South Carolina Youth Football Association, the SEC division here in the Low Country. Again, a great job uh, by the quarterback, as if the quarterback keeper gets him. Uh, Looks about 38 yards. Here's a quick kick, and he receives it quickly across the 40. He's a 45. He's got some grass. Oh, and he ran it over and met his new friend, number 11, from Somerville, and he did it in style as he'll be. I don't know who tackled here. i got to be honest with you. I think he ran into his own tackle there because he trucked over that guy. Didn't use a horn or nothing, but that's going to give him a first down, and uh, maybe they can use that as momentum. But, you know, my thing is, and I look at this because of what we do on Fridays and Saturdays and you know, I'm looking at this as a coaching point opportunity for who's heading to Somerville, who's heading to West Ashley. So if I'm Ian Rafferty, I'm keeping an eye on number 26. I'm keeping an eye on that quarterback. I want to know who number 18 is as well. You know, there's a few names out there that we don't know, but we got numbers that uh, I got to tell you, the running back, it seems like he may be, you know, again, this is a 12U this time next year. These guys will be playing on the B team squad. Possibly, right? And that is possible. That's right. That is definitely possible. But you know what's surprising sometimes, Rich, and I know you will learn this as we go further along. You would be surprised that a young man like that might still be eligible to play 12 next year. And not saying that he couldn't play uh, B team or anything like that, or hey, even jump up to JV. But I'm pretty sure that's not far fetched. But to get that experience here in this youth football league is key. You have to get it. These guys are feeder programs, and they're running some of the formations. At least using the verbiage that the high schools are using, then you're already winning. You're already teaching them the correct thing. So that's a plus for it. If you can get an extra year in it, and you come to find out that, hey, you don't turn 13 until after August 1st, okay, well, you're more than welcome to come back into this SEYFA SEC division and play another year and get some more experience and let yourself be a superstar that year. All right, here we go. Spot the ball quickly to 45. The quarterback's going to keep it. He's going to push one. He's going to push two. He's going to push another, and he's got some traffic. He gets through one and two, cuts back to the left, to the right, and now he's going to fall down around the 20-yard line and a great job reading the defense and reading his blocks, getting in between some creases and some lines. And, again, you get that momentum. It's 23 seconds remaining here in the third quarter. That probably – will be our final play of the quarter. And a good job by Somerville to put some more points on the board. But, hey, tip, tip your caps to those over at West Ashley. They haven't given up yet. They're continuing to grind it out here. As that will, of course, uh, head us now to the fourth quarter. Let's take a quick break, grab some water. You do the same. And we come back, we will bring you the final fourth quarter of our game of the week right here at Danny Jones. It is the 12U Somerville Green Wave 28. And the 12U West Ashley Kings zero guys. We'll be right back with the final quarter right here on Southern Sports Central. If you do want me, give me up the sun. If you don't want me, don't leave. 
Welcome back, everybody. Here we get to final four quarters coming at you now here at Danny Jones. Nine minutes on the clock, and we'll see if West Ashley can put something on the board. They're trailing 28 nothing. They spot the ball around the 20, and we're back to the shenanigans of uh, getting that ball to the quarterback, Clinton. Man, I tell you, I thought we had seen the last of it, but uh, it seems to find its way to the fourth quarter. Yeah, it most definitely did. This this one thing has haunted them almost all four quarters, Rich, and it, it almost gets frustrating to see that somebody, the coaches, uh, aren't doing anything about it right off the rip. I'm pretty sure it's something that they will work on. I mean, I'm not trying to be opinionated, but eh, it's one of those things that you have to fix this, and fixing it late is not going to help you. Fixing it late is giving you 28 to 0 with eight minutes and 35 seconds left in the fourth quarter of the game of the week. Yeah, no doubt about that. Game of the week brought to you by our friends over at the South Carolina Youth Football Association, the SEC version of it here on the coastline of South Carolina. They break the hole, and it is going to be a shotgun formation. He rolls out to the left side, and he's going to meet the green jerseys of the wave, the green wave, and the jerseys there stopping him from the line of scrimmage. A lot of pushing, a lot of conversation. Oh, we got flags throwing. Somebody said something. And uh, I don't think they're wondering to score the Clemson Tigers right now. Personal foul is going to be handed out against Somerville. That's good news on the other side. That'll put it 15 yards closer to the end zone, Clinton. Yeah, if it gets down to this point right here, Rich, uh, you will see as we move further along uh, and get become a little bit more tight, that frustration sets in on both sides. Uh, West Ashley, of course, is still playing aggressive, or at least a couple of guys are playing aggressive, and uh, Somerville's probably a little bit tired. They've been playing aggressive for all four quarters, but uh, it, it just gets down to the late pops, the late shots, uh, some cheap shots possibly in there. You know everybody knows how it is when you get inside that grind and get inside that uh, trench that uh, there could be some stuff going on. I'm pretty sure some jaw jacking a little bit back and forth, but only one team can afford to do all that when in actuality they just need to play, all, play their quarters and try to finish strong. Here's a quick snap here. The quarterback not going to have any room with it. I believe it's number 28 there. 25, check that, 25 on the tackle. Got you an update around the high school, excuse me, the college ranks, top 25 action. Clemson Tigers are up 7 nothing. 342 remaining in the first quarter. It's third and nine. Clemson has the ball on the 49. Other action, Alabama with the ball. Number two team in the country tied up with Ole Miss with 240 in the first quarter. They are first and goal. Probably getting ready to put another point or two on the board. Florida State, the Seminoles, trailing 14-3 to in the first quarter. 5.55 remaining. It is going to be Florida State's ball. They've got it second and three on their own 29. So, uh, any surprises there for me would be definitely Ole Miss in Alabama. And actually, a fumble just gave Ole Miss the ball on their own seven. So, wow, look at there. So, Quickly, how that changes around. I figured uh, Lane Kiffin would have a little fun here with his old boss, and that being, of course, uh, Nick Saban. That would be an upset that would shock a lot of people as uh, we're getting ready to welcome in another conference of the Big Ten in a couple of weeks. See how they end up faring off coming into this conversation. And, and I really thought this was the year, because we're doing it differently, that they could have made it an Elite Eight conversation rather than just four and just do it this year to see what it looks like. Because, again, there's so many differences, but we'll talk about that out of this. As it's 652, 28 nothing, Somerville over West Ashley here in the 12U game of the week. 
Bad snap again. I think Somerville might have gotten to it. Let's see. They did. And like that, that's good hustle by the green wave. This young man shot in under his defense or his uh, offensive line guy in front of him and able to get that one. And now we're going to look at a first and 10. Ball's going to be spotted around. It looks like Clinton, the 25. Yeah, most definitely. Rich, it does. That is, yeah, the 30. Right there on the 30 yard line is Deadhead. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. The 20 yard line is where it's at. Uh, these gentlemen will take it back. After you, uh, as you know, youth football, when it's over 21 points, there's what they call a running clock. Uh, they try to speed up the game, uh, try not to make it seem as, um, I don't know what the word that we want to use, as bad as what it's going to be to uh, be losing like this. But uh, Somerville, I don't know if you heard of a minute ago, they're chanting, still on the in the, in the defensive huddle, chanting, I got your back, who's got my back. So they're pumped up, and I think you're going to see something coming in these last five minutes. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Shotgun formation from the quarterback. Stands at his own about 15-yard line. Running back, the big man standing at his left. 18 gets the ball. There he goes across. This could be a track meet. Here comes the 50, the 45, the 40, 35. He's got some speed behind him, but the legs are going to get him in the end zone. It's a touchdown, 18, a touchdown, Somerville. The green wave adding another six on the board, and I think another touchdown for this young man. I think that's – I think – that's two on the night for number 18. This young man is definitely trying out for some big times. He's got that long, lengthy body here. I don't think he's going to be a running back probably. And, uh, maybe. I don't know. But it just seems more built as a DP or maybe a wide receiver. But he's got that right number. 18 has been a very successful number for uh, those guys that play at Somerville. Yeah, I was just about to tell you the same thing, Richard. <laughs> 18, that was very, very familiar. Here in this youth football, oh, it almost feels at my spine that we were thinking the same thing. When I <laughs> seen that kid running across, tall, lanky, muscular, fast, and just to stretch out those long legs, man, oh, man, Richie, if that's not A.J. Green in the flesh all over in that green and gold. Man, did he look a little bit like that guy. Here they go for two. Hand it up to the guy upsides. He bounces off one, two, and it's a touchdown. I believe that number that we're going to call is going to be 19. So we'll go up a digit there. Hard to see it there. In the, no, that's 10. Let's make sure we give the guy credit. Number 10 scores two, and that will put us up now 36 to nothing. And as you said, the clock will uh, continue to move here because of the differential in points. A, uh, again, gamemanship there. We saw that last night in the game that we called with, uh, you know, and again, not as familiar to see on Friday nights, but shows a lot of class. When it comes down to it, you got to see, of course, the likes of, uh, you know, again, uh, Fort Dorchester. You know, we talk high school football, and I was on a radio show up in Greenville earlier today with a buddy of mine up there that does one in the ESPN Upstate. And as I was waiting to come on, two callers said, hey, look, there's a team down in the low country we need to be watching and talking about. He talked about the Fort. And he asked me, he said, hey, man, do you think Fort has what it takes? I said, I'm going to tell you what, they have what it takes to get past this level. I think they'll have no problems getting to that final game going against the likes of uh, Dutch Fork. But I think this is the most well-balanced team in 14 years of covering high school football I've seen. We'll talk about that again. Yeah. Here's a quick, quick kip. They'll down it there at the 46-yard line. So now first and 10 West Ashley. But, yeah, I mean, you saw you see it a little closer than I do. I'm, of course, up at the eye in the skies. But 
you know, when you've got the defense scoring 21 points, I mean, look at Otis Mack Jr. He was the player of the, of the weekend, by the way, in defense. This kid had nine tackles, one sack, two scores. He's a linebacker. Uh, you know, that's a big deal. I know the South Carolina High School um, Blitz and myself are going to put out our offense and defensive players. He will definitely get that. He only did it in a quarter and a half. Yeah, I most definitely. It looked like, if I wasn't mistaken, Richie, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the defense almost had as much yardage as what the offense did going after the first quarter. Somewhat into the second. Otis Mack is definitely a factor when it came to that defense. I mean, from O.J. Simpson first, I mean, O.J. Washington. <laughs> from O.J. getting that, uh, the kickoff, first play of the game, I mean, right. running that bad boy back, you knew right then and there what type of night it was going to be. And then Otis Mack comes right there behind and, and gets two touchdowns. Bunch of sacks. I mean, just doing everything that you want inside of a player to do. Those guys, yeah. I do see force going down the road, doing major things, doing big things. They're not the type that'll, you know, get on there and talk much about it. They're very humble young men. Coach McClatt is doing an awesome job with them. It looks like they were talking trash on the sidelines. Because believe it or not, some of those guys know those guys on the other side of the field. But whether or not that you put on a different color uniform or not, they still have love and they still have compassion for these guys. So at the end of the day, it wasn't all about bragging right? It wasn't all about the score. It was about being competitive. The better person won. The better team won, and that's fine. But there's no need to sit there and gloat about it. You just keep on. You move on to the next uh, opponent. Well, I tell you, at midnight, they, uh, they turned the page. And to answer your question, in the first quarter, the score, if you were looking at it, it was 21 defense, 14 offense, and seven special teams. So that breaks it down for you there, Clinton. Uh, also, some other big team moments. And, again, don't take anything from West Ashley. They've only made the playoffs one time in their history. That was a couple of years ago, right? Now they've got a coach right now that I believe in a normal situation they would have probably made the playoffs and not have to worry about being the top two. Here's a quick snap, and it's going to be quickly pulled down behind the line of scrimmage. I had to bring up a long third down for the guys of West Ashley with under a minute and 50 remaining. It's a 36 nothing lead right now. Somerville, the 12U, looking to put a stamp on this weekend and taking the series 2-1 to one after their 10U one. It was the 8U that uh, fell a little short against the Kings on the beginning of this night of special events here. Now, back to the Friday Night Lights. The guy that I like to hear the story about is that over there at Stratford. Coach Denny has done an incredible job. He wins a game against Wando in overtime. He beats Somerville, and he's getting some of his signature wins. There's another bad snap. That's going to fall on the dirt. They'll fall on the top of it, and that'll bring up a long fourth down, and they're going to spot it at the 40. But, uh, again, a lot of key moments. And, again, I, you, you cannot talk high school football and not talk about the Hurricanes at First Baptist. Those guys are 4-6-0, 6-0, and they beat Hammond. Nobody's beaten Hammond in this state, whether you're public school or private school. And they did that last night, 7-6. So they're a team that I would like to see continue to have success. So it's going to be a good time. We've got about four games left in the regular season if you're part of that South Carolina High School League. Then they get into playoffs. That's three weeks. So, uh, it, it, again, it's going to be fun each and every week. There's going to be a lot of tears, a lot of high fives. It just depends on what side of the ball you fall on because there will be teams every single week, every Friday night, that will be eliminated out of the playoffs. Of course, we told you some teams that are already, you know, out. There's a couple of teams that are on the bubble. 
And again, if you're looking at that region over there in, in the Somerville, Fort Dorchester, Ashley Ridge, and Stahl, West Ashley, if by chance, and I, I feel like it's going to be a heavily favored game for the fourth, they win that game, then already you're already clinching one and two. Talking about clinching, that'll clinch this game. How about that? A 36 to nothing win for the Green Waves. See if you can catch up with the head coach. Let's play some old school Friday Night Lights and give a head coach an interview tonight. How about it, man? Go over there and see if you can track him down, Clinton, as they win 36 to nothing. A big win for the Green Wave here in our game of the week. Brought to you by the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Uh, of course, Clinton now looking for him. And, Clinton, I'll let you uh, kind of give me the hands up when you catch him, and then I'll let you interview him uh, here on the sideline. There's going to a big win for Somerville. Clinton, take it away, buddy. Yeah, most definitely, Rich. Hey, so we're going to get with Somerville. I know you want to talk to a couple of the coaches. We'll let them go ahead and pay their respects. They'll give their uh, – fist bumps or elbow bumps now is the thing due to uh, that C word that we don't ever say on this station. Uh, okay. Let the guys go ahead and get through, say the respect that they want to do their prayer. They can. We'll get with a couple of guys I know you want to talk to, number one. I know you want to talk to, number eight. I know you want to talk to, number 18. And I know you want to talk to, number 26. Along with that head coach. Make sure we get that head coach, the guy that called the shots, or young lady maybe. I don't know. Uh, who's over there running the show, but we want to make sure that we give them some time on the air is the uh, Green Wave. Man, I tell you what, a great matchup tonight. They win big. I mean, it was a very impressive win here tonight, and the fifth bumps are going to start to give out. Clinton, I'm going to kind of watch for your hands, and when you're ready, I'll go back down there to you, and uh, we'll talk to uh, a couple of players. Get me two. Get me two of the great players, and then get me their head coach, and it uh, looks like they're making a beeline towards the end zone to the other side, man, so I don't know how you're – you're going to, of course, uh, catch them down here. But as we look forward to next week, you want to make sure that you tune in and follow us at Southern Sports Central on Facebook and SO Sports Central on Twitter. Tomorrow night, it is that man on the other side of the mic, Clinton Robinson Sr., the professor. He'll be in the lab over there with Voice Sports right here on Southern Sports Central, 6 o'clock airtime, recapping all the action from last night. Well, that would be tonight, actually, uh, and interviews and headlines as uh, we wait now. For the hand to go up, as soon as that happens, we'll talk to uh, one of the coaches in the big win tonight as uh, they improve uh, their record. They get the game of the week, and, boy, do they not disappoint us here on the green wave side of things. Their varsity team wins last night 3 to nothing. They stay alive with playoff hopes, and here they go tonight finishing off a uh, big win as they now take a 2-1 to one lead in this game of the week and the weekend. Clinton, you got our guys down there ready to go, buddy? Go ahead. Yeah, most definitely, Coach. Right here we have number 18. Take your mouthpiece out. Let the people know what your name is. My name is Joshua Williams. That's Mr. Joshua Williams is number 18. And number 8, what's your name? Amari Wright. Uh, Mr. Amari Wright. I think you're trying to have a voice like me, baby. See that? Right, we'll figure <laughs> that out. Number 1? Jamin Brown. Mr. Jamin Brown. And number 26, I almost Looks like he, he, I know you can't see the dreads in here, but that looks like that mean guy that does all those commercials. You know, I'm just here so I'm going to get quiet. You know that guy? <laughs> that's, what, that's what it reminds me of, Mr. Martin and Lynch. What's your name? Oh, Mr. Taylor Jenkins, Flash KJ. And the head coach of the 12U who just came in to handle business is? Coach D. Wright. Mr. Coach D. Wright. Well, Rich, 
As you know, these guys came in here and did their thing. These four young men and this head coach put together one heck of a program. First off, we want to say, gentlemen, congratulations to Southern Sports Central and myself, the voice sports. I'm the professor. First of all, you guys did one heck of a job. The discipline and everything was there. You guys stayed all the way together. Even when it started looking rocky, if there's anything you could have changed about it, what would you change about that uh, that game that just happened? Containing the outside. Yeah, just containing the side, right? So that's number 18 speaking, Richie, saying that containing the side, same thing we were saying, right? Holding that side down and being able to stop it. It didn't happen too much, but when it did happen, number 18 says it cannot happen anymore. Coach, how do you feel about today's game? It's a great team win. Hopefully we get some respect down in the state of South Carolina. There you go. There it is. That's all you got to say, Coach. Hey, we appreciate you. Hey, Thank remind you that number 18 of who we, who we uh, He looks a little bit like, of course, Mr. A.J. Green, man. I didn't know if you wanted to give that some, some uh, that comparative there. But you can see the celebration coming in here. I do want to thank you, Clinton, for a great job. You and I, of course, getting the chance to work together once again, of course, with you and your group over at Voice Sports. Mr. Wayne, that's up there in the, the big city of Virginia or Maryland, somewhere in between A and B. But, of course, uh, man, I look forward to your show tomorrow night. Kind of give us a preview of what we expect tomorrow night. You're going to go live, dead red, at 6 o'clock, man. What's coming up on the show? Yeah, most definitely, Rich. You know how we always do. Every weekend, every Saturday, every Sunday, we bring it all to you. We bundle it all up. From a little Friday night lights to Saturday afternoon games in the park, we bring it to you on Sunday in the lab, and we dissect what we saw on Saturday. Whether it be the first game, whether it be the last game, whether it be the game of the week, we try to bring you all the scores, the highlights, the rankings of South Carolina, and, of course, the question and or the topic of the day. And I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger on that one. You got to tune in tomorrow, find out the topic of the day, talking about what's on everybody's mind. Definitely happens tomorrow at 6 o'clock, Southern Sports Central. Tune back in from 6 to 9. You will be live in the lab with myself, the professor from the Voice Sports. All right, guys, so there you hear it. Don't miss out the opportunity to get educated, entertained by the great one. That is the professor. Guys, it's been a great day and a wonderful opportunity as we uh, say goodbye for tonight. We'll be back live at a field near you. The kickoff will start around, let's go with about 7 o'clock as we'll bring in here, of course, uh, some of the exciting guests. We'll have, of course, the players. We'll get a lot of conversation that's going to be happening. Not sure where, so you want to follow us over at Southern Sports Central and SO Sports Central. That's for those Twitter guys and girls out there. You want to follow us out on that avenue as well. Congratulations tonight to the Somerville Green Wave. The 12U guys take down that of the 12U West Ashley Kings, and it was a 2-1 to battle. And the 8U, it was all West Ashley. The Kings came out victorious, but it was the 10 and the 12 out of Somerville that did their thing, guys. We want to thank you for your support. We want to thank the hospitality of those here at Danny Jones. As always, we wish you a wonderful weekend. What's left of it, God bless, take care, stay socially distanced so that we can continue bringing you our game of the week, guys. On behalf of myself, Clinton Robinson Sr., the South Carolina Youth Football Association, the SEC, and that commissioner, Jay Williams, we're wishing you an enjoyable, phenomenal, and incredible weekend, guys. Take care. Well, got me in a train. Yeah. These ain't got me up. Yeah. They look just so dang. Yeah. I'm a super scout.